Blog Talk Radio. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. And welcome to our broadcast here, Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the United States Trotting Association. We are broadcasting live from the Meadowlands Racetrack in East Rutherford, New Jersey. It's Meadowlands Pace Night. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And we're joined by a very special third man of our broadcast team, the one and only Pete Metters. Pete, you've got a Washington Nationals game tomorrow. You're here with us tonight, <laughs> and i got to tell you, I am so appreciative that you're here, man. Finally, we can put this thing together. Your schedule cleared up, and we're, we can work with you. Dude, it's exciting. And, 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 you know, I mean, obviously, harness racing means an awful lot to both of us. And, you know, I've seen what you and Mike have done with this show. And to finally be able to clear the schedule to come, and especially, you know, for one of the premier nights in our sport, the Meadowlands Pace is fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to go right to action pretty much. You're going to be calling the races here for us tonight here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. We're three minutes away. From a start to the fourth race, it is the Miss Versatility, the Mayor's Open, a field of eight going, and, of course, the headliner here, Pete, at 6-5 to five on the board, 2017 Horse of the Year, Trotter of the Year, Hannah Lore Hanover. She has been uh, really good throughout her career. She's only won two of four here as a seven-year-old, but tonight, no shoes. Now, as a handicapper, how do we attack something like that? Well, I think, especially with Trotters, certainly seems to be – Something that, you know, we've seen Oki Sponsat do quite a bit. Uh, we've seen the foreign trainers really do that an awful lot and find some success with it. And if you're Ron Burke, why not? Why not try something with her? I mean, obviously, you know, she hasn't done a whole lot wrong in her career. Uh, 44 for 75 overall. She gets away from Atlanta uh, tonight, which certainly helps. I mean, that's one of the few horses that uh, has stood in her way uh, of late. But, you know, I mean, she's a world champion. She's on the verge of winning $3 million. And, you know what, credit Ron Burke and the ownership, the fact that she's still racing and they're still doing the, the right things by her where she still competes at this level. Mike, she's not down there and there's non-winners at 15s, non-winners at 10s, you know, just trying to hang on to make a few bucks. She's still racing in the higher classes and still being successful. Let's talk about some of these other horses in the race, say eight to five now. Uh, almost ca- catching up to Handler Hanover for favoritism. Number three, Darling Miraz. Look, they went some insane miles here all the way around uh, last week, and uh, Darling Miraz was one of those horses, 49-4. and Ocus Wanstat will drive number seven, Plunge Blue Chip, who's also a contender, also goes with no shoes here, but you get first-time Dexter done. Yeah, I mean, look, and we, what we, have, we knew Dexter's pedigree coming over here. We knew he was a, a good driver, and now what you're seeing is the top trainers are now trusting him. They've got complete faith in him. And this is a horse that last week was just, I mean, his surface was ridiculous last week. Yeah. I mean, it, we might as well have been, uh, I, I, they might as well have been gliding home last week. This thing was so smooth. And this is a horse that, you know, hasn't raced over here very much. I mean, it's just the second time we've really you know, seen this horse here at the Meadowlands. So if anything, if last week is any indication, now you put Dexter in the bike. I mean, this horse might conceivably go even faster, but of course, the, the pace of the race is going to dictate that. And obviously, Yannick is going to decide that here early uh, in this contest. We've already seen a race tonight where, you know, Dave Miller got a cheap 29 second, uh, second quarter in a stakes race. So 
that happens here. They're not going to go 49 and change, but Darling Mirez still has the ability, at least on the surface, to, to go with Hannah Lorhan over here. Dave Miller's already won two of the first three races here tonight. Let's talk a little bit about Plunge Blue Chip as they get ready to go to the gate. This horse was simply out of position in the Cleveland Classic. A good second place finish to Atlanta, two starts back. Okus wants that, chooses to drive her, and here we go with the snowshoes thing again. Well, uh, again, you know, if your horse is off a little bit and Plunge Blue Chip in terms of what we have seen in the past from this horse, this horse won at 49, it changed at Lexington. So if your horse is off a little bit, why not change something? Why not try something different? And we'll see if Oki can do that here. And, again, I mean, you got essentially two Sponstat, you know, team Sponstat going in this race. Uh, we'll, we'll see if one helps the other, covers up the other, and uh, tries to help them get uh, the best trip here. I, I got a feeling, though, you know, Dave Miller is going to blast with Pat Matters here more than likely. Dan Dubé could with yeah. top expectations. So the opening fraction here, while Hanalore Hanover may eventually be on top of the smoke clears, it's going to be quite a sprint, I think, to that opening quarter. All right. One more horse to talk about is uh, obviously we expect them to take a lot of time here tonight because the mutual pulls yep. obviously very big. Want to give people a chance to wager. Mike Carter's back up here. We'll have you join us after this race, Mike, as they get ready to go to the gate. But top expectations. You mentioned her and her speed. I don't know if she's good enough to go with these, but she is good enough to show speed and be a factor in here. I mean, look, we, we, you know, you, you see her in the arm flight, so – there's at least a little pedigree shown in there. She competed uh, at that level. So that tells you, you know, she can go with some stakes company, but this is even maybe, I think, another step up here tonight. All right. So Pete Metters, once again, exclusive here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA, is going to be calling the action of the races here tonight, including the big one, the Meadowlands Pace. Right now, it's the Miss Versatility Mares Open, the second leg, a field of eight. Pete Metters with the call is the Mola Fountain starting vehicle. Moves into position. Yeah, great to see Mo LaFontaine, who, of course, is the starter at Rosecroft Raceway as well. The Miss Versatility Field, $40,000 on the line. They are approaching a start. And they're off and trotting. Satin Dancer from the far outside looks to blast here for Kikaley. Top expectations in between horses. Hannah Lore Hanover and Darling Miraz as well. Get to the inside. They are four abreast across the racetrack. Down to the inside. Ice Attraction is going to come away at least fifth best at this point. They head into the turn. The Erm on the outside plunge blue chip. And the back marker taking back here tonight is Pat Matters. And here comes Hannah Lore Hanover. She's going to clear to the front in front of the 99-1 to shot. Satin Dancer as Kakela yields here 27-4 and for a very leisurely opening fraction for this class of horses. Hannah Lore Hanover leads it here by two. The winner of 2.8. Million dollars lifetime. Satin Dancer trying to add some value to the exacto there, trotting in second. Two links back to Darling Miraz, who trots third. Top expectations is fourth. Nowhere to go on the inside for ice attraction. Plunge blue chip stuck on the outside there in sixth. Saving ground on the inside. Now moving up is the Urm. And at the back of the field, Pat Matters is out and last. 55 and four fifth seconds. Jingrao looks over his shoulder here. Hannah Lore Hanover continues to show the way on the outside. Darling Miraz now rolls up here for Dexter Dunn. Going to be confrontation time in this back half. Satin Dancer starts to lose contact in the pocket. Second over here, top expectations. is two lengths off and looks a little shaky on the outside. Nowhere to go for ice attraction. Buried at the inside fifth. Plunge Blue Chip's been parked every way on the outside sixth. Pat Matters outside seventh and the Urm nowhere to go from eighth. They come to the top of the stretch. Three quarters is one twenty-three and two. Hanalore Hanover. Darling Miraz blows the turn a little bit, and Hanalore Hanover uses that to scoop away here for Yannick Jingra, leading it by two. 
Darling Mirez, though, straightens away and is coming back. Jingra asking Hanalore Hanover for more. The world champion digging in here. Jingra's not even asking. Hanalore Hanover, Darling Mirez. Hanalore Hanover is going to win it by three parts of a link. She'll win the Miss Versatility here in 150 and two. Well, there you go, Pete Matters. Tantalor Hanover responding uh, to no shoes, responding to the challenge of Darling Miraz, who, in, uh, to her credit, I thought she fought on very well, despite maybe drifting a little bit wide in that turn. Yeah, Darling Miraz looked like, you know, she blew the turn just a smidge, but Hanalor Hanover, Jingra, he called on her a couple of times and then really stopped midway down the stretch. He wasn't asking her for very much after that, and the world champion shows her class here as she picks up the Miss Versatility second leg here, winning it in a fine fashion, comfortably by three parts of a link there in 150 and two. All right, congratulations to the connections of Hanalore Hanover. She's back, 45th career win, third win of the season in start number five. Well, as always, guys, the Meadowlands Pace broadcast uh, and the Meadowlands Pace certainly is not the same with a good friend of all three of ours, Sam McKee. And over the last uh, year or so, we've been honoring Sam McKee and the broadcaster in the Meadowlands Pace with the Open. We'll do so once again as uh, we officially start our program here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The following is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. If we only had control of the moments, we'd have you for one more laugh. Your real desire for the sport of harness racing gifted us with all-American narrations including Holborn Hanover and Art Official's stunning upsets. You proved you were a blue chipper with your very first pace call, the Panderosa in the Meadowlands pace in 149 and 3. You were certainly artistic, fella, and whether you wiggled and jiggled or rock and rolled, even if the roll was with Joe, it was very well said. May the south wind blow and your captain row at Mach 3 speed. He's watching thee, our friend, Sam McKee. Bringing the third member of our broadcast team right now. You might know him. You might love him. He was down hobnobbing with Dave Little on the Meadowlands set. Our good friend, Mike Carter. Mike, uh, I'll tell you what, man. This is really, really cool. I was telling Pete to have a chance to work. Of course, not only with you. I work with you all the time. But to finally <laughs> have the schedule clear up to get our guy. Hey, you got me earlier, Mike. I had his thing, his thing I back. know. But uh, it's finally good to work with our guy, Pete Medhurst, here. Just, it's an honor, and what a great race call that was. I could tell the radio, the professionalism coming out of that race call. Listen, he could knock somebody out with this thing. Don't mess with him tonight, okay? You gotta, not, tell us real quick. Where, what's that from? It's that, a ring, by the way. That, that's our two, 2015 bowl ring from the Naval Academy. Our uh, commander in chief, we won the commander in chief, we won the military bowl. The one thing is, there's no question there would be evidence I was at the scene because I'd leave the N on somebody's forehead <laughs> if I hit them with this thing. So, fortunately, I've not had to do that yet. Hopefully, I'll never have to do that either. So, All right. Well, the fifth race is coming up. Let's get you some prices from number four, Hanalore Hanover. How about it, guys? $5.80. 
280 to place, 260 to show. Exact to four three sixteen dollars. Trifecta returns a healthy 387.60. Guys, not a bad price there considering the uh, four three figures. I, I look 1620 is a bargain to me, and 580 is a bargain on Handelor Hanover. I mean, look, like I told Mike before the race, I mean. You know, Atlanta's not in here against Hannah Lore Hanover, so I'll take her against anybody else on the female side, quite frankly, right now. I mean, t- tons of back class. I mean, she's bank- knocking on the door of three, $3 million. So, I mean, as, as good as Darling Miraz's this race was last week, that's against non-winners of 17000 This was the this was the, the, the big boys. And like I said, Darling Miraz blew the turn slightly there. Bit, yep. Blew the turn a little bit. But Jingra was not asking Hannah Lore Hanover a whole lot. He tapped her a couple of times, and Darling Miraz got up alongside, and then he shut it down. So that's 152 on cruise control uh, for her. And, and give Yannick Jingra a lot of credit. I'll tell you what, the relationship that he has forged with this mayor yep. and what he has done in the short time on Atlanta has been nothing short of extraordinary uh, skill from him. Because, look, when you have great horses, you know, even good drivers can sometimes overdrive good horses. And what he, you know, you watch his race with Atlanta last week. I mean, that was a sight to behold and really a, a perfect drive in a situation like that. All right, fifth race is coming up next here at Meadowlands Racing Entertainment. It is the Stanley Dancer three-year-old open, $153,000 on the line. No real surprise here, guys. One to nine on number seven, Green Shoe. No real surprise here, Mike. No, certainly not. And uh, real quick, uh, once again, being on track is, can certainly help you out if you're watching warm-ups, if you're watching horses kind of score down on the track, not only during the post-parade, but, you know, the three or four races beforehand when they're warming up with the draw card. And we kind of watched, I don't know if you guys caught it, but Six Southwind Avenger was uh, was getting ready to hit the wires at a full head of steam and almost uh, fell down, actually, almost come to his knees a little in bit. The infield. Wandered into the infield a little bit. Yeah, so how that plays into something like that, I don't know. I mean, as far as your handicapping goes, but nonetheless, it's good to be, uh, you know, visual if you're on if you're on track. Yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, look, every now and then, and we, we see this all the time. I mean, you can go all the way back uh, from me watching races. I mean, I watched Nihilator one night at the Meadows, not necessarily get the best steer from Bill O'Donnell, and Jeff Mallett had Dragon's Lair on the front end, and Jeff Mallett just kept on going. You know, last week, Green Shoe just got in a bad spot. It happens. Uh, Brian Sears is one of the greatest we've ever had in the history of the industry, and, and you know what? For, for one time, he's sitting third over, and, you know, Asteric really wasn't going anywhere. You know, if he floats Green Shoe out there earlier, Green Shoe probably gets there. But that was a breathtaking last 16 from Green Shoe, even in defeat last week. But I, I just don't see how – I don't see Brian putting his horse in the same situation here. He's got a little bit more of a stretch, even ne- if necessary, to run him down here. So I think he'll be fine. You know who I like here is the one don't let him. Mike, you were here on Hamiltonian Day last year when don't let him put on a show with that 151-4 mile right here at the Meadowlands. Qualified extremely well uh, – Against pilot discretion, 26 second final quarter. I got to think 10 to 1 or 9 to 1 now is the price. And you know what? We're not going to blame you totally if you turn off this broadcast right now for just a few minutes and go to the archive of the Thursday show <laughs> because we had both Nancy Johansson and Tony Alanya uh, interviews uh, on Thursday. And I'll tell you what, Nancy Johansson and Tony Alanya both give us some very good information. Not only are there two charges in this particular race, don't let them in pilot discretion, but all down the card and including in the Meadowlands pace. I mean, some good information, Pete and Mike, we've talked about this, where you don't see in the charted lines. Right. Um, you know, that's the kind of information you want, to, you want and especially if you're looking for an edge. And as a handicapper, you know, Pete, we're always trying to get edges. Yeah, no doubt about that. And if you look at pilot discretion right now, you know, as three-year-olds go, he's only, hey, he's only had six starts and clearly six for six. 
and seems to be coming into his own right now, which is, that's it. I mean, his lines, there is nothing to sneeze at. He's just got to go a little bit faster, and he probably can, hasn't had to necessarily in the situations he's been in. I mean, that was a hell of a mile in a good times. So, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of the pace in terms of what the final time is. I think pilot discretion's got a little bit more in the tank. The question is, I think Green Shoe does too. So the question is, if these two square off in the stretch here tonight, I'll be interested to see how much more pilot discretion has, you know, from a maturity standpoint, because clearly seems to be coming into his own in fine fashion right now. When's the next time you're going to get Ron Burke at 75 to one on the two <laughs> final claims? Listen, I, I, you know, we're, we're joking about it right now, but we saw Tim Tietrich do it last night at 60 to one or 80 to one or whatever the heck it was. It's great. It's going to be tough for final claim here. Obviously uh, was second, the Pennsylvania all-stars, PA all-stars is, you know, Mike, help us out here with the PA All-Stars. It's what compared to the Sires? PA All-Stars is uh, it's, it's kind of in between the Stallion Series and the Pennsylvania Sires Stakes. It's kind of like that second level. A lot of times you get uh, really good horses in the PA All-Stars, and a lot of times you get, you know, some of the hotter Stallion Series horses there. So it really depends on the field in particular. But, yeah, I mean, Final Claim made a break in that race, lost all kind of ground, got his bearings back, and was able to close well. Now gets the bigger track. He's making his 17th start of his career. Um, I mean, he had some success there at the Meadowlands before taking some time off. Again, would be anxious to talk to Ron Burke and see why that time off was taken. I think that would be huge. You know, but uh, I'll tell you what, third start off that qualifier, a lot of times third start off a layoff is good. And, uh, you know, it's 75 to 1. I mean, the price is right if you want to take a shot. Well, and you never know. I mean, obviously it makes a nasty break in the stretch of that race in the Walner final. And, you know, if a horse doesn't have a lot of stakes, you know, obligations at that point. There's no sense in, you know, just throwing them out here uh, for a couple of starts just to race them. And, and, and that's the one thing. I mean, you look at what Ron Burke and, and, and the top trainers do. They, they, they're they so good at placing their horses properly. They don't race them unnecessarily. And that's why they're always fresh for the most part uh, when they come to the racetrack, especially their stakes company. Pretty good, pretty impressive recovery from a break uh, in that Pennsylvania All-Stars. So, but again, it's a break. So that's two breaks now on the last four charted lines uh, for final claim. So I think that's also part of the reason why the horse is 65 to one. So I would say buyer beware just on behavior alone. Well, certainly, but maybe put them underneath too. But if you want to uh, judge by uh, the effort that Sonnet Grace gave a couple of starts back, and that's who final, came qual- uh, final claim qualified against back on the 10th of Gateway, Sonnet Grace did not race well tonight. So no, she broke before the gate. Yeah, exactly. So keep that in mind as well, Mike. You know, interesting that you said about uh, trainers like Ron Burke knowing how to place their horses, he probably had to know that the Stanley Dancer was going to split tonight. There's yeah. no question that the Stanley Dancer wasn't going to split. I think it's a field of 11 is what they can go with. So he had to know, you know what, I'm probably going to get a decent chance of racing in a six-horse or seven-horse field. Why not try to go for, uh, let's see, fifth place at 153000 Oh, yeah. At. Yeah, I mean, that, and, that, and look, that's why you buy a $100,000 horse. You buy a $100,000 horse so you can stake them. And, you know, try to pick up some decent cash. I mean, it's a muscle hill. So you, you buy a muscle hill thinking that they're going to be uh, pretty good. But as we know, sometimes it takes uh, other horses a little bit more time. All right. They're coming out for the post brain And uh, I'll get this thing started. I think, I think we're going to draw straws to see our order. But that's I think all right. I'm going to go first. Pete go goes second. Mike, you yeah, can go third. Good. You can hit the third spot. All right. Here's the field. Number one, don't let them. Three-year-old cold by Muscle Hill. The Angus Altmere Passageway by Brittany Farms, Pachter, Fielding, and Liverman. Nancy Johansson trains Yannick Shingrod. Rhymes right now. He is 7-1 to one on the board. Coming off 
that 151 and four sharp qualifier. Number two final claim, trained by Ron Burke for Burke Racing Stable, Kalora, JT Silva, and of course uh, Yannick. As uh, Matt Kikaley will drive here tonight, four for 16 lifetime, a mile mark of 52 and four, taken back here at the Meadowlands in the spring in the division of the Walner. Three pilot discretion, trained by Tony Alania, Andrew McCarthy. I would not be shocked to see pilot discretion win this race. Nine to one is a very good price, if you ask me. Yeah, just one, Mike. You don't know where the ceiling is. Four mass fortune K, owned by Rob Key, of course. Anytime you see a horse with a K on the background, you can uh, bet it's a Rob Key horse. Charlie Norris trains. Tim Tietrick drives three-year-old Colt by Muscle Massive, but his second in the Pennsylvania All-Stars really has to pick up his ball game to contend here. Number five, Super Schistel right now on the board at 26-1. Scott Zeron for Pear Engblom and uh, A.L. Or Al Lipfed and Perry Soderberg. This one is five for 17 lifetime, a mile mark of 52-4, and four, taken last week right here at the Big M. Six Southwind Avenger, owned by Melvin Hartman, Dave McDuffie, and Jeff Corrales, Little E.L.L.C., Nifty Norman trained. Nifty Norman could not be touched here over the past couple of weeks, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the sixth Southwind Avenger. But, Mike, as you stated earlier, a little bit of trouble warming up. And, of course, number seven is Green Shoe. And you see how that worked out, guys? I got it to where I got Green Shoe. How about that? <laughs> Green Shoe, the three-year-old father, Patrick Colt, has done no wrong. And uh, in a lot of circles, he has already been crowned the king of the Hamiltonian. If that's, uh, that's going to happen, we'll uh, wait and see. But first things first, it is the Stanley Dancer. He's won five of eight, 326,000. He's gone some insane miles, 150 and two, four starts back. And was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, as Pete Meadows mentioned earlier, with uh, Marseille pulling off the big upset. But once again, Green Shoe is certainly the one to beat. He is 1-5 to five on the board right now with Ryan Sears. All right. Fifth race is on the racetrack. It's the Stanley Dancer Memorial. Let's pause 30 seconds for station identification. This is the Bet America Radio Network. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. We're back at this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and my coach and mentor growing up, Mr. Pete Medhurst. And for those who don't know, I know Mike uh, kind of grew up around Pete, but I, Pete and I have a pretty special bond. We did the Maryland Colonial thing for a while, and I remember the tweet like it was yesterday when I started Buffalo Raceway. <laughs> Nervous like a proud papa, right? Right? Yeah, man. You know, look, I mean, I've, I've done this my entire life. I mean, I, I go to bat for young dudes because in our business, we've, we've got a lot of guys that are very territorial at times, very standoffish, not very welcoming. Hey, you're standing in my territory yeah, right but, now. Can but, you move you back a little bit, Pete? And look, based on where we're at tonight, I'll, I'll, I'll relate it to Sam McKee. The one night I stopped by here on my way back from doing an Army-Navy game up at Army, you know, I, I stopped in, said hi, spoke with Sam for a little while, and he goes, hey, do you want to call a race? I'm like, oh, my God, he's asked me to call a race at the Meadowlands. <laughs> I can still remember it today. Scott Zeron zooming by, four wide on the outside, 30 to 1 with Wayward Son, who ironically would end up racing at Rosecross. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the next year. So, you know, I look at what a guy like the late Sam McKee would do for everybody else. You know, and I've never been one of those guys that's territorial. I got a, I got a guy that's, you know, up for a radio gig down there in Baltimore right now that, you know, 
gave me a, a text today saying, hey, I really think it's going to happen. I'll, I should know Monday or Tuesday. I'm all about helping dudes, man. I'm not out here trying to, you know, trying to block guys from, from bettering themselves. And you know what? I hope the guys that I help, I hope one day they're better than I am, you know, and, and, and that's what this is all about. It's about helping people, you know, make a career for themselves because there's enough work out here for all of us. But the one thing I will say, and both of you guys are evidence of this. I mean, Mike, today you filled in at Parks. Yep. You know, last week I filled in at Charlestown. You can get people work, but people have to want to work. Right. And there are some people that don't want to work. Oh, no, I don't want to go there and do that. I don't want to go here. I mean, Mike, you drove here from Akron, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, you know, Mike and I only drove from Philadelphia. You drove here from Akron. So, you know, people have to want to work. Uh, That's right. part of the equation. And I trust it. I knew Mike wanted to work. So I knew... I have no trouble going to bat for guys like that. Real quick before they go to the gate, one thing Pete taught me, Mike, was you got it. As I, all I wanted to do was call races. All, that's all I wanted to do was call races, and I learned very quickly that you got to know more than that. And then I spread into the mutuals background. Now yep. we got the radio broadcast going on. Now we're at the USTA, and it just continually grows and grows and grows and See, grows. That's how you make money, my friend. The more you can do, <laughs> the more you can do, the more valuable, valuable you, you make are. yourself to your employer, and they keep you around. That's how you keep earning. So. And as a matter of fact, Mike Carter's making so much money, he's going to buy his dinner after the oh, show. <laughs> and we've got a nice steakhouse that's open late right across the street. So wow. believe me, I've, I've checked out the menu. All right. Real quick, the fifth race, get ready to go to the gate here. We'll get the call to Pete Meadows. Pilot discretion, 6-1. to one. Don't let him at 6-1. to one. Guys, some great value in here in a race where Green Shoe does not necessarily have to win. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. No question about it. I mean, but he's probably going to. But here's the thing. You don't know where the ceiling is, Pete. On pilot discretion. I think that's the big thing. He's six for six. Like you mentioned, he's going as fast as he has to. Is six to one worth the risk? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, look, we, we, none of us want to come to the racetrack and bet one to nine. Can't blame Green Shoe for being one to nine. But at the same time, uh, pilot discretion would be a great, great value here to try it at six to one. Yeah, I mean, six to one, I think, is good value. Six to one on the one. Don't let him. There's. Eight seconds, seven seconds left on the countdown clock. But uh, like we said, Pete, they're going to probably take an even extra minute or two after that to try to uh, get as many people in and uh, not get and, people And by up. the way, while we're talking about that countdown clock and we're talking about taking the extra time, let's give the Meadowlands a lot of credit. Oh, yeah. You know, there was a time where we all wondered, and we're looking at the old grandstand across the way, we were wondering what the real future of this place and harness racing mm-hmm. in New Jersey as a whole was going to be. you got to give Jeff Gurl and all of his people a lot of credit. I mean, they have turned this joint around, and they have – resurrected racing here now and now that they have legalized wagering in this state it is going to get silly here i think again in terms of the money and they've got a great race secretary now my good friend scott warren i think it's going to get better and better as each racing weekend goes by here and you know we're going to try to get jason settlemore on before the end of this show because this is the first this is the anniversary the one-year anniversary of the uh the sports book down there so uh, and they have done well like you mentioned they're they they're behind the uh Molda Fountain starting vehicle as we're going to send it back to Pete Meadows here for the call of this race. It is the Stanley Dancer Memorial three-year-old open. One of two divisions, one to five on seven green shoe, five to one on one. Don't let them six to one on three pilot discretion. With the call, it's Pete Meadows. All right, Mike. Thank you. Stanley Dancer Memorial for $153,000. Green shoe, the heavy favorite, starting from post seven on the outside. And... They are off and trotting, and Greenshoe's pushing that gate from the outside for Sears, along with Southwind Avenger. Greenshoe not taking anything for granted here tonight. Pilot discretion gets away nicely here for McCarthy. 
Down to the inside, a good getaway from Don't Let Him as well. Greenshoe's going to find a pocket there third. He's going to duck in in front of Kakele in final claim, who comes away in fourth. Mass Fortune K is fifth. Length and a half back to Super Schissel. And Southwind Avenger, who wanted to go when the gate unfolded, decided to take back the last year's pilot discretion conducts here for Andrew McCarthy at 5 to 127 and 4 for the opening fraction. Don't let him. The Jingra horse right there in the pocket. Second on the McCarthy helmet. Green shoe, comfortable third, all by himself there. Final claim. Trotting in fourth, gap of two back to Mass Fortune K, who is fifth. Two more lengths back to Super Schissel and Southwind Avenger. They are single file right now headed toward the half mile. Andrew McCarthy conducting here with pilot discretion is looking to make it a perfect seven for seven. Biggest test of his career here tonight against Green Shoe in the pocket second. Don't let him, but took some cash late at seven to two, 55 and four for the half mile. Sears now pushes the button on Green Shoe, who rolls up nobody in his way here tonight on the outside. Final claim. We'll get the cover second over to the outside fourth. Mass Fortune K is fifth. Super Schissel now to the outside. And South Wind Avenger is the trailer. Pilot discretion going along well here for McCarthy. Still comfortable in the bike here as they go to three quarters. Green Shoe now comes to call on the outside with Don't Let Him at the inside. Final claim gapping the cover badly on the outside fourth. 123 and one. They are top of the stretch bound and Green Shoe on the outside. Pilot discretion not digging in. In the inside, off stride went. Don't let him was into the infield. On the outside, Green Shoe's going to get the best of pilot discretion. Sears doing nothing more than chirping at him. Green Shoe, the best three-year-old in the industry. Watch the clock here. It's Green Shoe against the clock, striding out to a three-leg victory. Green Shoe and one, 50 and one. Pilot discretion, a good second. Super Schistel for Scott Zeron was third. Guys, Green Shoe didn't have to win, but Green Shoe won decisively here. Brian Sears did not ask him, Mike, for a thing. He rolled up alongside pilot discretion about halfway down the stretch. Never asked him for a thing. And Green Shoe reaffirming why we feel he is, if not the favorite, certainly one of the top two favorites for the upcoming Hamiltonian later on this year, August the 3rd, here at the Big M. All right, we're going to take a couple of minutes and head to a uh, quick timeout. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 7:15. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. 
been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is bigger than folder. And we want you to be a part of it. Visit harrisusherpark.com for more info. We're back and we are road tripping as we are live from Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Mike Carter alongside of the man Pete Medhurst and Mike Bozich, who's standing by with special guest John Vernags. And John actually won our contest, what, two years in a row? Two years in a row, but you, you were what? You weren't eliminated the first round this year, were you? No, third round. Third round. Uh, it third. was the first round. Don't yeah, let him fool you. That was the third round. He wants the bonus anyway, by the way, so maybe the first three-peat can get the bonus. John, listen, uh, you're a handicapper here. You come here a lot between here and Yonkers. You handicap a lot. Let's talk a little bit about this race. First of all, how impressed are you with Greenshoe? I think he's a monster. He's a monster, no doubt about it. I'm a believer. I thought between last year and seeing him this year, if he got through his breaking problems, I think he'd be a really nice horse. And I think he's the one to beat in the handball. 150 and one. That was only one-fifth of a second off the track record. And as we saw, John, uh, Brian Sears really didn't ask for much. No, didn't have to. I think uh, he could have gone to the jog around the racetrack. But it was a nice showing by Brian, and we'll see you in the handball. Let's talk about the pace. Uh, a good field of 10. I think a lot of people are kind of centering around the favorites. Captain Crunch, Better's Wish, and working on a mystery. I kind of like a long shot, Captain Ahab. Where are you at here? I'm uh, Captain Crunch. I Ever since the North American Cup, after the break, came back and proved me to be a believer. So he's the one to beat. I will give, uh, give another shot in the race. Best in the show. Same thing. Just You had to make the final last week. That's all you had to do. Top five. So I give him a little shot, and that's one my one-two punch. How surprised are you when we got four to one on Captain Crunch in the North America Cup? Couldn't believe it. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I thought it was a gift. So 47 and two, it uh, just looked fantastic. Uh, you know, in the North America Cup elimination, here's a horse that broke and still made it. You know, against Better's Wish. Now Better's Wish is in here. He's done no particular wrong as well. He's uh, only lost in the uh, well for a while. Was in that North America Cup to Captain Crunch, and he kind of was making up ground there after being used the first quarter. So you certainly have to respect him. No, absolutely. You know, I just want to see a good race. If they mix, if they mix it up a bit, I think Best of the Show can win it. Uh, I like Brian and I Bob McClure. I wish he was driving him, but things happen. So I give a. Uh, that's my stab in the race would be uh, best in the show. That is uh, that is in the pick four, I believe, right? That is yes. the third leg of the pick four. I think the, I believe the Charton race actually starts the pick four. Is that a free space? You know, I think that's a what. If you beat Charton, you can get paid out. He's the horse to beat. I like uh, see Swift Joy in the race. So we'll see. If, if, if they mix it up a bit, hey, it could be wide open. But A mile and an eighth? Yeah. It's going to be another thing. If they mix it up a bit, it could be a great race. So... That everyone's free space is – my free space is Captain Crunch. So I'm taking my shot there, but also using best in the show. If we can get a price in there, the pick four could pay, guaranteed 100000 so we'll see. Anybody else tonight we should look for maybe at a price? Yeah. You know, you're not going to get my wicket at a price because I absolutely love him tonight. Uh, no, and I, that, that's the only probably two races that you can get someone in there. So we'll see. I just want an exciting race, and, you know, we'll see. 
All right. Good luck to you tonight, my friend. Tell your dad good luck, too. No problem. Good luck, Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike. All right. Well, Pete, listen, we're, we're going to, you know, I, I don't know how much you know about our girl, Jessica Otten, here. First of all, they've never met Jessica Otten and Pete Medhurst. Uh, Pete was my coach, and I helped to coach you, so we're helping build the industry one person at a time. Well, I mean, look, just like I told you before, Sam McKee would want it that way. Oh, yeah. So that's why I go about my business that way, and you should go about your business that way. You know, coach people, be positive. we got too much <laughs> negativity going on in our in, in, our, in our, around our lives nowadays, man. We should always be positive, and what a great sport to be positive about. we got so many good things that are going on, especially here at this particular racetrack. And it's onward and upward, man. You can encourage people to be great. Just like I said earlier, you can encourage people to be great, and you can get them employment, but you can't work for them. Right. You know? And when you see people that are doing positive things and moving up in the world, it's because they're willing to work. It's not because somebody's just hand-stepping them each way. You don't get here. You don't get here unless you can do the work. That's the big difference. That's the truth. And speaking of positive, if you've never seen this girl on her Facebook page, I think Mike could agree to this. We like to call her Smiley because she there, there it is. There, well, there she's it being is. positive. <laughs> why be? Why have a scowl? Right. If you have a scowl, that means please don't approach me. I'm, I'm too good for you. Don't approach me. You know. I mean, in this business, we 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 need people to be positive all the time. And you know, she's in the customer service end of this business in some ways yep. too. And people have to remember that the biggest way to to, to attract customers. It's simply smiling at them. Just saying, hey, you're welcome here. You know, we're glad you're here. That's why I'm smiling. I'm glad to see people here. I mean, I don't you Mike Mike and I know this. I mean, when I like when I feel in at Charlestown and there are people from one end of the fence to the other, ocean downs when there are people from one end of the fence to the other. I mean, when you have all this, this many people that are here like here at the Big M every Saturday night, it is a blessing. Oh yeah. Because we've all called races where there's a handful of people <laughs> there live. We see watching five the races. There. Right. Right. We've all been there. So when you've got this many people out there, you've got a track that is pulling in over $3 million on its bigger nights, you know, you want to smile at those customers because you want them to come back because this track gives you so many reasons now to come back, not only for the racing, but obviously uh, for the expanded gambling as well. So many good things that are happening here. All right, Jessica. Well, listen, you do so many things here at Metal Age Racing Entertainment from TV to marketing. What is your official title here? My official title is marketing coordinator. I just took over that position a couple of weeks ago. I also do the TV talent and all their public uh, social media. So I have a couple different hats I wear. All right. Well, listen, we got to put you on the spot like we used to always do. Okay. We used to always put you on the spot when you were on our program. For those who don't know, Jessica was on our program for two years. She was hired away by Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. And listen, I, I still hold a grudge against you for not paying your tuition. Okay, you're too, You owe us about fifteen grand in tuition. It's okay. We'll let you. We'll let, Mike. We'll, we'll take it off her pay. Okay, we'll take it off her uh, future pay. Well, no, the government's going to pay for all student loans coming up in the next year or two. The next president, so we'll get we'll get compensated. But uh, who do you like in the? Uh, I almost said the Pepsi North America Cup. Who do you like in the Meadowlands State? I'm going to the Rail Horse um, Captain Crunch. I was one of those people that stayed on his fan. Uh, I guess wagon you could call it when he after he made the break in the Pepsi North America Cup I knew he jumped the shadow I really have always followed this horse I loved him as a two-year-old I loved him coming back as a three-year-old I watched him qualify here I loved him in the North America Cup I loved him in his elimination last week and I love him again tonight so I can't go against Captain Crunch when I saw when I, I was watching the North America Cup live and I tweeted with like four minutes to post 
when I, I couldn't believe at the time he was three to one, then he was seven to two. I'm like, that's a bank heist. Yep. That's I, like I, a I, bank I, heist for Captain Crunch. Four to one, you'll never yeah. get that again. No. And there's so many people who hopped off of the bandwagon after he made that break, and the horse uncharacteristically um, made the break, and they knew why. So being that that race is going to be at night, they picked it. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I mean, and and. I see so many handicappers jump off a horse just because they make one mistake, especially young stakes horses like this. But he had done enough work up into that where you had to believe that he was going to come back with a great effort. And four to one, I mean, if, at four to one, if I'd have been there to live in attendance, I'd have, I'd have taken every dime out of my bank account and run it to the window at four to one on Captain Crunch. I was so confident in him. Oh, 100%. Nancy has her horses ready to go. It's not like he was out of shape, out of, you know, it was just, like I said, an uncharacteristic break. So I figured he would come back strong. He had the eight-hole, but he overcome it. Good horses overcome stuff like that. Obviously, Better's Wish is clearly going to be the one. They were in different eliminations last week. Better's Wish is going to be the one that's going to attract some money here tonight for those who don't want to take the short price on Captain Crunch. When you watch Better's Wish, seems to be a lot of ability in that horse. I guess the great question is, can he simply find a way to go by Captain Crunch? Oh, I agree 100%. I think there'll be a lot of speed action up front. Captain Crunch, probably the ideal spot, isn't going to be the rail. I think Butters Wish did get the better post position out of him. I like this horse a lot, too. I used Captain Crunch on the top of my ticket, but I used Butters Wish. I used Best in Show also, and I used Working on a Mystery. Well, and, and, and look, you know, Brian Brown's done a lot of great things over the last couple of years. He just happens to draw poorly here tonight. So, I mean, Tietrich's Probably got a blast here uh, and, and, and hope for a talk or maybe even blast to get to the front. And then at some point, you know, Scotty's probably coming to conduct the rest of the way. But I, I think the opening eight really is a key for working on a mystery because if, if Timmy can start to at least cross over a little bit, he has a chance to at least get a decent race position because he could get parked coming from the nine hole. And we know at that point, that's a brutal mile in a, in, on a night like tonight. Yes, it is. I think there'll be lots of speed duel in the first eighth of a mile, and I think that's where uh, Scotty's going to have to decide if he's going to be a part of that or if he's, he's going to sit away third like he did in the elimination where he, he's going to have to remove up the backside or even around the last third. It's just going to be a lot of speed up front early. All right. Captain Crunch. Jess and I are both on the Captain Crunch bandwagon. That probably means we jinxed Captain Crunch. <laughs> but the one thing is for certain, like you said, we're not getting four to one tonight. We're probably getting four to five. But, you know, look, the, the the draw, if working on a mystery Mike is closer and he and Better's Wish could almost in some ways team up on yep. Captain Crunch a little bit, right. the problem is Tim's got to come from so far outside. And, and we're probably talking, we might see 25 and 426 for an opening quarter here just because Timmy's got a blast from out there to even get into the race to begin with. Completely, completely true. We'll dive more into that as we are. I can't believe I'm saying this. We're only two races away from the Metal Lake Space. I can't believe that we're even saying that. Well, the night point. is going by quick, you know. Night is going by quickly. And when you, the great thing about it is every time you look up tonight, it's a great racehorse of some count on the racetrack. And that's the beauty of cards like this is every single time, uh, you know, like we had Green Shoe, you know, in this upcoming race, we've got Sharton, who is putting herself in the conversation for arguably the greatest mayor maybe in the history of the sport. We've seen some great ones, but, you know, tw- since she's come to America, she's been a beast for, for Jim King and that stable. So, All right. The $100,000 guaranteed pick four kicks off right here in race number six. 
We'll start looking at the pick four. They'll come onto the racetrack. We'll introduce them. We'll take a look at the final couple of legs. Race number six is the Golden Girls, Mike, and we are in to go on. We're in to go on one, two, four, ten. We're going to attempt to beat Sharthan here. A couple of reasons. First of all, she's going to be the most keyed horse in the pick four sequence. A lot of, a lot of the reason is because she's in the first leg. Uh, but uh, you know what? We're just going to take a shot at the beater because if we can, we can get it to pay. Here's where the Achilles heel can be, guys, the extra eighth of a mile. And if I remember correctly, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the last eighth of a mile race that she raced here at the Meadowlands, she lost. Well, so, and, and that's, you know, you, you mentioned that the problem here for me is, is even though she's tons better than most of this group, what is the tax on Caviar Alley early? trying to find a seat here in this race because when there's $179,000 on the line, guys drive differently, Mike. There's no doubt about that. Guys drive differently. You know, kissing in the sand is going to be a factor. Apple bottom jeans that she moved over to the Dylan Davis barn has really ascended into this company and, and held herself pretty well. It, it counted herself pretty well. We knew she was decent in like the preferred ranks and everything, but she has stepped up into this group and has performed very admirably since moving into the Dylan Davis barn. Mike, you got a stat up there. It looks like you're uh, studying something intently. Actually, guys, so she was a winner here at the Meadowlands in the Lady Liberty on Hamiltonian Day going a mile and an eighth. But it was this race last year that she lost. And that's what I remember. It was this race last year that she lost. So she come back two weeks later and won the the Lady Liberty. They're on the racetrack for race number six. Let's kick it off with the one reclamation. Owned by uh, Donovan and Donald Murphy. Ron Burke trains you at Jingra Drives. Second in the Great Northeast Open Series. Mike actually got to call that race against the Great Chartin. And Reclamation was getting to her, guys. Pete, go ahead. Number two, Diva's Image. Trained by Jennifer Bongiorno for driver Joe Bongiorno, Howard Taylor, Tom Lazaro, and the J.T. Silva Stables. 23 for 70 lifetime, two for five. Lightly raced so far this year. Career mark 49 at Pocono, 52 and one here at the Meadowlands. Uh, earlier this year and guess what the last race that diva's image won mike it was this race last year at big odds number three kissing in the sand owned by marvin katz and hatfield stables nancy johansson trained scott zeron drives the millionaire pacer she has had a very good career 17 of 35 all at two and three but you see the the big goose egg here in uh, 2019 off a good qualifier, adds Lasix. We'll see what she brings different to the table tonight, Mike. Number four is the great mare, Sharkin. She had my vote for Horse of the Year last year. For trainer Jim, Kane, Jim King Jr., Tim Tietrick has them out. Nine for ten this year, has only finished off the board once, and has made over 521000 Guys, she's on her way to possibly being Horse of the Year this year. Number five, Apple Bottom Jeans, now by Howard Taylor. He gold, Robert Cooper Stables, and Tom Lazar for trainer Dylan Davis. Corey Callahan continuously gets the assignment now on this horse who has had second and third items here since May the 4th. She's been on the board, though, in all 15 of her starts this year. Took the 150 and one here at the Meadowlands last season. Won at Dover this year and won 50 and four fifth seconds. Number six is Sea Swift Joy on by Bradley Grant, trained by Tony Alanya, Brian Sears in the bank. She's coming off of a two-race win streak. High percentage winner, 10 of 17. But once again, she has struggled a bit against the better mares, and she is in against the better mares tonight. She is no doubt alone, Chuck. All right, number six, Sea Swift. Seven. Excuse me, seven, sorry. <laughs> Wisdom Tree. I'm trying to do USTA stuff over here, too. How do you like that? Yep. Seven Wisdom Tree is trained by... Jeff Culliford is also owned by Pollock Racing LLC. David Miller drives his one two straight. 
definitely a step up in class for the seven wisdom trees. The eight, you are my candy girl for W.J. Donovan of Delray Beach, Florida, trained by Ron Burke. Matt Kikaley gets the drive, yet to win this year, but 18 of 34 lifetime, a winner last year here at the Big M in 148-2. and two. Did win in a qualifier earlier this year in 153-1. and one. Has been heavily staked in the rainbow blue, the Betsy Ross, the roses are red, was in the rainbow blue last week. Pace 149, but that was only fifth best to the top mayors that are in this division here tonight. Number nine, another long shot, Alexis Powers, done by Jeffrey and Michael Snyder. Jim Campbell trains Montreal Teague. What a great article in HRU about uh, Montreal Teague and what he's accomplished so far in his young career. He's just 28 years old. That's hard to believe. But uh, she has been sharing against Philly Amer Open types at Yonkers. She draws poorly. She has uh, really got to pick up her ball game tonight to contend. Caviar Alley has been chasing Chartin all season long. But, guys, post number 10 in the 11-horse field is going to be almost impossible. I'm actually kind of surprised 8-1 to is, uh, is what you're getting on her. Brett Pelling trains for the Caviar Farms from right around where we're at in uh, Virginia, yep. Virginia. Andrew McCarthy does the driving. And rounding it out, better joy and another Jim King Jr. trainee for uh, Richard Pellucci, Joanne Lodi King, Tim Tietrich. Dexter Dunn gets the drive here. 15 career wins uh, coming up on half a million dollars. A winner here earlier this year and won 50 and four-fifths seconds. That was an affiliate mayor preferred. And the Roses are red, picked up checks there. So would seemingly have to improve quite a bit to go with this level of mayor. Better Joy Ann, the winner of 232,000 lifetime already this year. Got a bulk of that uh, in the uh, final back at Yonkers on uh, April the 20th, finishing second to Sharton. Yeah, how about that for Jim King getting the first and second place horse in the blue chip final? Not bad. That was yeah, certainly a little bit of a payday <laughs> for Jim King, but seventy five percent of the money? Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Real quick, guys, I didn't want to go over our pick four ticket, Mike, because this is gonna be our community ticket, guys. Our community ticket. Yep. Pete, I didn't collect from you yet, so have a couple bucks ready for me. But <laughs> we went we went twenty four dollars a piece, so dimes that by three, okay? One, two, four, ten. We talked about the horses in the sixth we like. Uh, through in reclamation, Divas Image, Sharpton, and Caviar Alley. In race number seven, we went four, five, Atlanta and Manchego. And uh, I love the qualifier on and Manchego. I had a chance to call here on the 29th of baby races, and uh, he just looked really good. 151, post 10 to post five gets post improvement. Atlanta's uh, resume, I think, speaks for herself. Next leg, we go one, three, four, Captain Crunch, Captain Ahab, and Better's Wish. One and four for obvious reasons. Tony Alani talked a lot about the three Captain Ahab on our show Thursday. Said he was sick when he came back from Woodbine. Was impressed with his Meadowlands elimination performance, his pace elimination performance, and says he fully expects Captain Ahab to move forward. So that's why we throw him in. And in the last leg, we go five, six, Lather Up and McWicket. I think they are the two logicals in the uh, William Hope. Wait a minute. You said 24 each? I thought it was 12. No, 24. No, 24 apiece. No, no, 20, I'm sorry, 24 total. I was about to say. I was like, wait a minute. I handed you. T- <laughs> no, 24 total. You try to so, rip me off here. You see that? So, 20, so, so you know, so 24. Look, he so, has history, okay? Believe me. <laughs> so, tw- so 24, 24 divided by three is what? 15. So that'll be 15 he, apiece, right? 24 he, divided listen, by three. He, he, he has a history of uh, not, not cooping on his bets. So, you know, you know. I, look, I'm a, I will say this about that ninth race. Obviously, what Latherup did out of the pocket last week was impressive. But I'm telling you, Always a Prince may have been the toughest luck fourth-place finisher I've ever seen in a big stakes race. He was brilliant in that race last week. I mean, Brian obviously could not grab him up uh, and, and really check him at any point in the mile. But with 
Look, is there anybody else better with a bag of money on the line than Dave Miller? So no. you lose Sears and McWicked, who's been a little, as McWicked goes, lately. a little sketchy of late. You know, always a prince is going to be right there uh, in a good spot again. McWicked is by no sense a lock. And I don't think, I was talking to Gabe Pruitt earlier, I don't think Lather Up is a lock. Lather Up can, cannot be a lock if you ask me off a 146 mile last week. No well, way. No, and he's not, you know, honestly, he's not the best gated horse. You know, he, he's, he tends to self-destruct at times, and, and uh, you know, he's a fast horse as all heck. As a matter of fact, I, I dare hate to say it, Pete, but he's got a little bit of wiggle in him. <laughs> yeah, hey, we talked about it earlier. Wiggle was the same way in the turns. Now, I don't know if it's because they do a lot of training down at Harrington on that bull ring track down there. The turns are very tight at Harrington. So I don't know if that's one of the reasons why maybe those horses, maybe it's just coincidence, but maybe it is because they train a lot on a, a, a sharp turn track that they, you know, certainly give you an anxious moment if you're a lather up or wiggle and jiggle and supporter when they would ever get into the turns. I mean, never more prevalent. Look at the little brown jug, you know, when you see him at Delaware, Ohio. So um, on a straightaway, if lather up is close, there's no question he shows the ability to want to go by people. The question is, can he come out of the turn unscathed? Because if he does, then you got a flat out leopard coming down the stretch. All right. Well, they are going to the gate here shortly for the sixth race. Guys, the world record for a mile and an eighth is two minutes, three fifths here. Two minutes, three fifths. And the world record for the mile time, I'm not sure that we'll see it in this race, is 147 and three. Uh, when they hit the eighth pole, well, you'll know, <laughs> you'll know real quick whether or not uh, they'll have that. They've got 88,000 in the pick four pool. Uh, Shark 10, one to two. No real surprise here. Reclamation at eight to one. Everybody else besides number 10, Caviar Alley at 4-1. to one. Guys, I'm kind of surprised that she's taking as much money as she is because post-10 in an 11-horse field, almost a death sentence, you would have to think. She shows the ability, though, Mike, to leave strongly. I mean, 25-2 and two, uh, at the Betsy Ross, like, as you saw. Yeah. I mean, so from post-10, you got a blast like a rocket, and she has the ability to do that. Yeah, and did you see the second quarter of that race? It was 25-2. and two. The second quarter was 30. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck was going on there for $100,000? Uh, the Earl Beale Memorial, that's what was going yeah. on. The yeah. Earl Beale Jr. Memorial. Give Andrew McCarthy credit for throwing on the brakes at that point. All right, we are about 18 or so seconds away. We're going to turn things over to the man, Pete Metahurst, for the live call of the Golden Girls, Chartin at 1-2. to two. Remember... This was a race that she lost one year ago to Long Bomber Diva's Image. Mike, this could really set up to be the same way tonight because Diva's Image is about the same price as she was last year. That's why I threw in our pick four ticket, Mike, because 50 to one, I'm just not going to uh, leave her off. And, uh, you know, I'm surprised, actually, that she did not get a uh, vote for uh, upset of the year, at least a, a nomination on her post time with uh, Mike and Mike Awards. But they're getting ready to go. And we're going to send it down to uh, Pete Metters. Pete, done a heck of a job calling the first two. And uh, he is uh, providing the exclusive call for us right here on at Post Time with Mike and Mike, pre- presented by the USTA and Bet America. A reminder, we're going a mile and an eighth here, $179,550 on the line. The heavy favorite, Sharton at one to two for Jim King Jr. Tim Tietrick, co-owner and in the bike here tonight. The Meadowlands, race number six on this great Meadowlands Pace stakes card. The Meadowlands Pace, two races away. And again, the mile and an eighth, the inside horses starting to finally close in on the gate. Reclamation throwing her head around a little bit. 
Yannick Jingra trying to keep her from heading inside the pylons there off the turn. Looks like she's going to be okay. One starter in the second tier, better joy in from post 11. Everybody else is on gate, including Camillard Alleys on the far outside here, second choice at 4-1. to one. And they are off in the Golden Girls TVG free-for-all. Middle of the racetrack. Great early jet here from Apple Bottom Jeans as normal. Caviar Alley up on the outside. Getting away there. Good third. Looking to cross over and tuck in is C-Swift Joy N. Sharton now not taking any chances. Tim Tietrich already has her marching orders in play. She is on the move. Getting away there in fifth. Reclamation is there. Scott Zeron and Kissing in the Sand is next. As they move around the turn, it is Sharton clearing to the front to the tax of 26. And clear here, Caviar Alley. These two likely now to race as a team, one, two, the entire way. It'll be a sprint from home for here between two of the top mares in the game right now. Pacing in third for Apple Bottom Jeans, who's a perfect 15 for 15. First, second, or third so far this year. C-Swift Joyen paces fourth. First to the outside is Kissing in the Sand. Z-Man hoping to flush some cover. He's going to have to keep on going. Reclamation stays in. Catching the cover on the outside is Better Joy N. Nowhere to go to the inside for Diva's image. Into the outer flow goes Wisdom Tree. Ready to follow him out there is Alexis Power now as they uh, head toward the half. 54 and one-fifth seconds. And it's Chardon N and Team Tietrich leading the way here in the pocket. It's Caviar Alley up on the outside. Kiss it in the sand. Three quarters, 122 flat. As Kissing in the Sand, towing Better Joy in with a perfect second over cover trip here for Dexter Dunn. Buried down at the inside now is Apple Bottom Jeans. She'll need some racing luck. Tipping three wide on the far outside. You are my candy girl for Kakaley, who's going to be forced four wide now from the back as Sharton and shows the way. Clear shot here for Caviar Alley. Dietrich just sitting there as a passenger. The mile time was 148 and four. Down the inside comes Apple Bottom Jeans and Callahan. Sharton M, though, no one's going to get to her. Sharton N is clearly the best older mare in North America. Sharton N to win it in 202-1. Finishing second, Caviar Alley. Finishing third, Apple Bottom Jeans. 202-1 for the mile and an eighth. Well, there she is. She walks the walk. She talks the talk. And as tempting as it is to try to beat her from a handicapping point of view, time and time again, Pete, it just never seems to happen. Well, I mean, again, and you know, Timmy wasted no time. I mean, and that's when you know a guy feels so strongly about his horse. He wasted no time putting her on the front, even in a mile and an eighth race. I mean, so he wasn't bothered by the extra distance. Caviar Alley got the perfect trip. I mean, you can't ask for a better trip from post 10 uh, than he got. Caviar Alley, in my mind, is the only older mare in America that can go with or go by Sharton with that same ability. And Caviar Alley just happened to be an older mare at the wrong time because the New Zealand bred. Uh, has come to America and been gangbusters for Jim and Joanne Looney King. And I don't know if you caught it, Pete. I don't know, Mike, if you caught it, but Sharpton nearly made a break right at the start. I mean, Tim Dietrich really had to hold her together as she threw in a few funky steps. But, boy, I'll tell you, Tim did the right thing, just angled her to the outside, got the front, showed her the racetrack, and uh, once again she gobbled it up. I mean, you know, like I say, the more she wins, the more she wins, we just have to keep talking about where does she fit amongst the greatest racing mares of all time. I mean, I, I think of the likes of the great, you know, Amneris, Steinem, Sanibel Island, who obviously I, I got to see a lot in Maryland, Steve Warrington's horse. Uh, she's just been fantastic. And, you know, I, I don't know how good the depth of the company is, but I don't think those are bad mares in there. And Sharton 
is just making them all second and third best. Yeah, the great Androvet. I mean, the list goes on and on, but Sharpton definitely fits into that conversation. Mike? Listen, I, I know somebody who, uh, who who's no longer alive in the pick four is our man Gabe. I think, I think I just knocked everybody out. What do you think? You know what? I actually singled that mayor. I don't mean to brag, Mike, but to one to five, a monster <laughs> price here to kick, kick off this sequence. And what an impressive performance. She was uh, toying with them, uh, to say the least, at the stretch. You know, Gabe, it's kind of interesting to watch. Char- Mike said she was a little funky gated behind the gate. I have to agree with him. You know, Sharpton, uh, you know, it was you know a little bit steppy, but that's all right. He held it together. You know, and it looked like Teacher was trying to restrain her a bit at the start, too, Mike. Uh, I think he ultimately wanted to land in the lead once the dust settled. He didn't really want to zip out of the gate, so we uh, sort of left. He floated out a bit and then worked his way to the top, and uh, really she got all the respect in the front end, no challengers, and what another amazing effort. She uh, avenges that loss here last year at the Golden Girls. Gabe Pruitt, the general of the Send It In Army. Gabe, you do a ton of things here at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment, but you do a lot of stuff just in general. Talk to us a little bit about how you kind of wound up here at the Meadowlands and how you've kind of come back over the past couple of years. Well, I've enjoyed my time at the Meadowlands. Unfortunately, it was under very uh, dire circumstances that I started because uh, our great friend Sam McKee, uh, who was the absolute best at, at everything he did, uh, unfortunately passed away. And uh, at that time, they, they actually asked myself and Dave Brower to come back as well, and uh, the opportunities presented itself each year. I always enjoy it. The big nights like this make it uh, all the worthwhile. A lot of travel back and forth to Kentucky each week, uh, but you've got to love being here at the Big M. Yeah, it's definitely some great racing during the championship meet, especially now you're headed back to the pomp this season. This is something that Dave Little and I talked a little bit about. You probably heard us in your earpiece there. Dave Little and I kind of talked about, he said, you know, how important is social media to some of the older crowd or even some of the younger crowd and look what you've done with Pompano Park. I mean, you couldn't hardly bet 2500 in the pick four, and now you're getting ten to fifteen to thirty or 40000 on a regular basis. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's all about momentum, Mike, and I think when you're out there and, um, you know, when we grew up going to the track or the OTB, you know, we sat around and, and had um, people to talk to, discuss the races with, you know, and those days are over at a lot of places. You know, a lot of people play from home and they're watching online. Uh, you just don't see the type of camaraderie uh, that we used to see at the track. So I think social media just brings it right back into the equation. I mean, you see it uh, a lot of nights there at Pompano during the winter. You know, we'll get a lot of discussion uh, on social media, a lot of people discussing the races, giving their opinions, insights, complaints, uh, and anything else. Uh, but we do have a great time, and uh, we really appreciate everyone's support out there. And we try to mix it up and make it fun. This is your song, isn't it, man? It's a good tune. It's they, they, listen, my jams up here all night. They they uh they were playing some older stuff earlier. Old Town Road is your jam too, right? You know, it's it's a little <laughs> worn out at this point. I'm not. I can't say I'm on board. Listen, I, I I told him to play the Get Up and that you would get up and start dancing from in there. So if she starts playing the Get Up, I'm gonna little. I'm gonna watch you, okay? You guys are uh, my heroes for being out here and dealing with this all night. All right, we're gonna take a quick time out. Thanks so much, Gabe. Appreciate it, man. All right, we're gonna take a, a quick break. When we come back. You've got more from Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. Every dream has a start, and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks, return on investment. 
comes in second. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner, Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Welcome back to uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike's live coverage of the 2019 Crawford Farms Meadowlands Pace, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, joined by uh, Pete Medhurst and Mike Bozich, and Mike Bozich is standing by with Jay Bergman. All right, Jay Bergman from the DRF joining us. Jay, we're going to talk about the pace in a, just a minute or so, but first of all, I'd like to get your thoughts on Sharth, and she did look a little funky gated behind the gate. Tim Tietrich had to kind of bring her back, but once he did, boy, she was tough. You know, once once Timmy got her in control, I thought it was all his race lose. And, you know, she can just relax and she can sprint. And you could just see, uh, you know, get the feel that it's mercy. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Meadowlands Pace. It's coming up, Jay, in race number eight. And, uh, you know, it seems like the, the harness racing circles and the handicappers are focusing around the three favorites, Captain Crunch, Better's Wish, and Working on a Mystery. Is that the way we should go? I'm not a Working on a Mystery fan right now. I watched him warm up. I wasn't really that crazy about the way he warmed up tonight. And I'm a Better's Wish fan from day one, and I, I just think uh, it's his race. You know, you talk about warm-ups, and that's a very good thing because I don't think a lot of handicappers, you know, they especially in the day and age of betting online, a lot of people don't get to see the warm-ups of horses. Are you big into that? I'm, I'm big on it when I'm here, and I was here tonight, and I specifically because I felt it's a big enough race. You really want to see what they look like out there. And I saw, like, a green shoe warmed up impeccably. I, I was ready for him to explode, and I, like I said, I, I, it's more like looking for what's not good than what's good. 
That's what I was going to ask you next about Green Shoe. A lot of the Harness Racing World's crowning him the Hamiltonian champion in July. I don't think you can crown anybody a champion, and I think to trotters, it's always a day-to-day situation. Soundness is always an issue, but boy, uh, that's as impressive as miles you're going to see. All right, Jay, we'll let you get back to work. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. All right, Mike. All right. Seventh race is up next. We are two minutes away from the seventh race. We're about 25 minutes or so because it's going to go at 10:10. We're about actually probably more like a half an hour away from the 2019 Crawford Farms Meadowlands Pace. Seventh race is the mile and an eighth Hamiltonian Maturity and Pete Atlanta is the question mark here. But from a wagering standpoint, real quick, six pack is four to one right now. If you ask me, that is actually an overlay because there is no LASIK allowed in this race. I, I agree, and, and I'll tell you another thing, too. I mean, just like, you know, we talked about with Always the Prince earlier, six-pack, can you be better in defeat than six-pack was last week in, in that effort? I mean, from the outside, you know, Oki had the blast, did, 26-2, and 54-1, and one, and 122, and literally did not lose until the final 10 steps of the mile. So, yep. you know, from that standpoint, love the horse in defeat last week. Now, different challenge here tonight, starting from the second tier. You look to the inside, neither one of the first three along the inside looked like blasters at all. And where is Oki going to find his spot here to try and get six pack somewhere on or near the front where that horse likes to be? So I think that is the big question here for Oki Svonstad is how does he navigate post-11 for that second tier? Interesting concept here. I'm lo- I just happen to be looking. Number 10, Mission Accepted, will race with no shoes, and so as 11, will right? six-pack. So 10 and 11, no shoes. And here. as will eight, muscle them up. Muscle them up. So so an interesting, some interesting equipment changes here as well with no shoes. You see some of these guys like Nancy Johansson, Oki Svonstad, Jimmy Tactor, those guys, they remove the shoes. What do you, what do you make of that, Pete? I, I think, look, we've seen it be successful uh, with trotters, especially Mike and I talked about that earlier. And, you know, I, I think from the standpoint, you trust, I mean, Oki's done it plenty of times before, so you, you trust him because he, he, he's had success with it. He's confident in it. I mean, he's, he's going to, he, that's a move he's going to make with confidence. Some trainers make moves hoping to find something. Oki makes a move confidently. So you buy it because the trainer has a great success. Obviously, Mission Accepted is looking for form. The horse has been uh, not great in the last three against this top uh, type of company. And, you know, Muscle Him Up is another Oki Svonstad horse that, you know, has made 105000 But against this group, seems to be just a tier below uh, th- this group of horses here. So whether it makes a huge enough difference for the horse to go fast enough, we will see. All right, they're coming out onto the racetrack for the seventh. That is the Hamiltonian Maturity going one mile at an eighth for a purse of $450,000. Mike, uh, I'll start. I'll let you go second. Pete, you could clean up this time. We'll talk with number one. Talk about number one, a long shot here, certainly run director, four-year-old horse by Cadabra, owned by Tom and Elizabeth Rankin. Benoit Bayer-Jean trains Danielle Dubé, drives this horse in from Canada, where he's coming off of a 151-2 victory against the preferred ranks. Once again, this is a mighty big step up with a seventh-place finisher in the graduate. Four starts back, fourth-place finisher in the graduate, two starts back, so his ball game will have to be picked up immensely. Mike, I don't think I could be any more disappointed in a horse than I am with the two, Faye Tosa. Last season, we would have stamped Faye Tosa as just as good as, I mean, not just as good as Atlanta, but as good as some of the top 
um, older trotters, and she just did not put it together for Tron Smith's hammer this year. Gets Brian Sears in the sulky, coming off a ninth-place effort in the graduate. Number three, $50 bill with John Barnard for trainer Katricia Adams. Corey Callahan in the bike as he's been for the last two. Two starts back and a graduate a limb, a winner in 150-2. and two. Last week, though, got caught on the overland route and gave way badly late, trotting a mile in 150-4, and four, and will certainly have to find a little bit more, though the year has not been bad for $50 bill. The Hamiltonian winner from a year ago is for Atlanta, and she is a perfect 6-for-6 six six here in 2019. She's, imagine that, she's even gotten better, it appears, as the four-year-old off that 149 and one win. She's definitely the one to beat. She's getting all the wagering attention, as she should. One to five on the board for Crawford Farms Racing, Bradley Granted, Howard Taylor, Ron Burke trains, Yannick Shingra drives the great Atlanta, who's looking to remain perfect here this season. How about the Hamiltonian Oaks champion from one year ago? Number five is Manchego. The Black Horse Racing Nancy Johansson trains. Dexter Dunn picks up the drive. Improved a little bit with the addition of LASIK last week. But as we said before, this race bars LASIK. It will be interesting to see what Manchego does here. Number six, Custom Cantab, trained by Ohio's Chris Beaver, who co-owns with Donald Robinson here and RBH Ventures. David Miller in the sulky. 13-time winner as a three-year-old mayor a year ago, making a half a million dollars. But the lifetime mark is 152 and four taking a stakes company at Tioga. That's going to have to be a little bit faster to go with this group here this evening. Number seven, Crystal Fashion on my Fashion Farms LLC. Jim Campbell trains the uh, future Hall of Famer. Tim Tietrich is in the bike. Crystal Fashion is one of those horses that just uh, is right around. It seems like every time against this caliber of horse, finished a good closing fifth last time in the graduate in 49 and four. Did all he could come home in 26 and four, just a little bit out of position. It's going to, the tra- strategy is going to have to change. Crystal Fashion is going to have to be in better position. But if he can, I think he's got a puncher's chance at 18 to 1. Mike. Number eight, Muscle, um, up at 99 to 1. Going to be a tough spot from out here for Knutson trotting. Oakley Sponsted trains. Andy Miller picks up the drive. With sixth in the graduate, has a little bit of speed. That could make things interesting early on. It'll be interesting to see if Andy Miller will step on the gas early. Number nine, Southwind Chrome for Indiana's Jeff Culliford, who co-owns with Pollock Racing. Andrew McCarthy gets the drive here tonight. Tim Tietrick, a winner on this horse last week, a condition company and an impressive 151 and 2. So a horse that certainly found the improved last week. 151 and 2 could get a piece of the change here in this $450,000 Hamiltonian maturity. And starting from the far outside is number 10, Mission Accepted, Knox Services, David Wills, Ronberg, Train, Scott, Zeron is the driver's seventh place finish last time and uh, it just seems impossible from out here to accept this mission at 99 to 1. Number 11 is Six Pack. Trained by co-owner Oki Sponsted, who will also drive. Was second, just missed a neck in the graduate to Atlanta. Was second, missing a neck to $50 bill. This horse has a ton of early speed, but he's not going to be able to use it from the second tier. And that, Mike, is the field for the 2019 Hamiltonian Maturity. We were talking a little bit ago, Pete, about Six Pack you ask me, and maybe I'm wrong here, the eighth of a mile, extra eighth of a mile actually hurts him in this case off of that graduate effort. It, it does, and also, you know, strategy here. I mean, second tier, Oki's blocked. I mean, he, he might have to end up following Manchego out of there, which he could. I mean, he could definitely, I mean, you can go anywhere you want in that second tier to start. Oh, yeah. And uh, unless one director who does show a couple of times leaving, but not necessarily quickly, I mean, Manchego might be where Oki has to go here 
and, and try to find a way to maneuver through and get prime racing position. You don't want to get stuck behind the one and the three. Thetosev, for whatever reason, has not come back to what she did as a three-year-old. So, you know, you're, even following her might not be uh, a great choice right now. I, I think that's the ultimate in terms of strategy here. If Atlanta's going to get beat, how does six-pack, who seems to be the best one to do it, get into the race? That's the, always the million-dollar question from the second-tier feed. And the second tier is always a tough thing. You never know where you're going to end up. You can have the best trip. You can have the worst trip. It could be somewhere in the middle. It's always a tricky thing for me to deal with and for handicappers to deal with. But, Mike, you mentioned a horse that uh, I'm interested with second-time Brian Sears and Fayetosi. But I know she has it, uh, you know, duplicated as a four-year-old, what she did as a three-year-old making $600,000. But you know what? She is a good horse. We know she's better than what she's shown. And Tron Smedsammer once again is turning the reins over to Brian Sears. It is not out of the realm of possibility for her to step forward here. Yeah, but my problem with Faye Tosin in this spot is I would have liked to see her advance more on the leaders last week and pass a couple of horses. She just hasn't possessed that same kick that she possessed a year ago where she's passing horses. And and if you look at Atlanta, look at her last three lines. Park to the first half or three quarters in all three efforts. I mean, she she may very well be untouchable here. Look, I mean, Satosev last year was as good as anybody in that group with the kind of season that she had. Also worth noting, Brian stuck with the two over the one here uh, for what that's worth in terms of handicapping. If you're looking for some, you know, uh, some value on the bottom half of the ticket in like trifectas and superfectas. But... You know, we know there's something in there, but for whatever reason, she just has not come back to that top level. You know, good, obviously, you know, you look back four stars to that preferred handicap group here. It's a good mile there, just a workman-like training mile in 152 and four for her. But in the last three against graduate company, it's just been so-so, and that's because she spoiled us with what she did a year ago. And Atlanta, when we thought she couldn't get any better, she's gotten even better in the Burke program. Yeah, she has. No question about it. I mean, I think she deserves every bit to be two to five here. And, uh, you know, she deserves uh, just like Chartin to be wheeled here. And I'll tell you what, if she wins, you're probably looking for a, a pretty small pick four price. And, you know, as, as handicappers, it is value players. We're always looking to try to beat the favorite feet. Well, you have to look, as yesterday showed us when Timmy won at 85 to one with William, you have to back up the tickets in some capacity because, Every now and then, things don't go according to Mr. Hoyle. So when things don't go according to Mr. Hoyle, that's when you break into a rather big, big ticket. 2-4-2 and two is the world record. 2-0-4-2 and two at a mile and an eighth. And I'll tell you, after the last couple of races, we could see it here tonight. Send it up to the man, Pete Methurst, with the live call of the Hamiltonian Maturity. Horses are in behind the start. Again, another heavy favorite here at Atlanta. The mayor, 1-2 in the Hamiltonian Maturity. Four-year-old open trot. Coming up in here, it's a mixture of boys and girls, and the lady right now is at the head of the class. Yannick Jingra tried to win this Hamiltonian maturity for the third time in his last four outings, winning last year with Ariana G. They are in behind the gate. Oki Svonstadt desperately trying to seek a spot out of that second tier right now, sitting in between Fatosiv and $50 Bill, and they're off in the Hamiltonian maturity from the far outside. Crystal Fashion, Custom Can Tab, leave aggressively here. Between Horses Atlanta comes away cleanly in third. 
to the outside. Manchego going to be fourth best off the gate here down to the inside. Fatosiv comes away next. Look at a duck in there now as they turn to the inside. Will be $50 bill. Parked on the outside right now, Andy Miller looking for a tuck with Muscle him Up. Not going to find. He's going to follow six-pack. Six-pack for the moment will tuck in. Dan Dubé and run director are back there right now in ninth. Andrew McCarthy and South Wind Chrome and Scott Zeron and Mission Accepted are at the back. 26-1 for the opening quarter as Crystal Fashion put up the early marker. But here comes Jingra and Atlanta. Last week it was a breathtaking stretch run. Not tonight is Atlanta. And Jingra head to the front here. Pocket trip now for Crystal Fashion, who remains in second with Custom Cantab in third. Manchego is fourth. Fatosif went to the outside for Sears, and the air hit her like a brick. Running up the inside now is Run Director taking advantage of that as Manchego comes off the rail as well. Keep your eyes on the ground savers here for the bottom part of the Superfecta as Run Director advancing right now all the way up into fifth. Fatosif on the outside there in sixth. Looking to come up the inside there. McCarthy's run into a brick wall with Southwind Chrome. Has trot and now gets squeezed in there and goes off stride and backs through the field. Six-pack goes three wide to avoid that. Moving up as well from the back. Mission accepted. Everybody cleared the breaker there safely. Three quarters and one. 23 and one. Atlanta's got company. Coming to ring the doorbell on the outside. Here's Manchego now and Dexter Dunn. Crystal Fashion has been in the pocket the entire way, but needs room to trot. Wanted to go out. Now comes back in. Atlanta and Jingra. Crystal Fashion coming to the inside. Look at a pull of gigantic upset. Crystal Fashion's got the lead. Crystal Fashion back to Atlanta. Custom Cantab coming up late. Crystal Fashion with Custom Cantab coming on. Crystal Fashion and Custom Cantab at the line together in 2.04 and 3.5 seconds. A photo for win in the Hamiltonian maturity and an upset either way. How about that crystal fashion or custom Cantam? Both around the same odds, 23-25 to 1. And, uh, boy, two big money drivers here, Tim Dietrich and uh, Dave Miller. Uh, you got the Hall of Famer versus the future Hall of Famer here. Uh, both got great drives. But uh, we'll start, how about with Custom Cam to have a good third-place finish in the graduate? Obviously, she built off that effort. We talked about it, and it looks like it's Crystal Fashion. It's going to be Crystal Fashion. Looks like she does nose her out here on the ground view. That's a great thing. The Meadowlands has gone to that ground view like you see at Los Alamitos uh, when you watch those races on TVG. So Crystal Fashion is going to post this at 23 to 1. We talked about her in the lead up here, and we talked about that extra eighth of a mile. It got Atlanta here. And look, give Tim Tietrich credit. He blasted. He worked out the perfect journey here, and he got the job done. As Tim Tietrich, we just said it right before the race. You got to back up your tickets because he wanted 85 to 1 last night. Tim Tietrich's going to score here at 23 to 1. Hey, Mike, you remember who my Hamiltonian selection was last year? Um. After after a week of being out here, who yeah. is my Hamiltonian let, selection? Let, let me, Crystal let, Fashion. Yeah, let me guess. What, what was Crystal? Well, no, I'm saying that because on Hamiltonian Day, with six pack and all the big favorites out, we couldn't get a price on Crystal Fashion. Tonight we get the price, and uh, I think, guys, that Crystal Fashion may come down here. Something I don't know if you saw. Was it? Yeah, I, I said he started to come out and went back in and kind of got a little rough there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he ever went off stride. The only question I would have was whether he actually interfered with Manchego at all because Manchego was just off his flank at that point. The, the question for the judges at this point, I don't even think is the fact that if he caused interference, is if they call it a break, did he lose ground? 
That's going to be well, the question. Well, yeah, I know there's no way Wall Street. No, there's no way. Forward. Also, obviously, looking at the inquiry to look at the break and the turn, that's probably part uh, of the inquiry here as well, as they have not posted the numbers here. But at least on the ground-level instant replay camera, it looked like the 7 by just a nostril hair, and it is the 7 over the 6 with the 4 and 11. 7, 6, 4, 11, Mike. Well, I do have to say this, Pete, and I know you weren't with us a couple of years ago, but uh, I don't even think Mike Carter was there. I think it was me, Rich Matei, and uh, Garnet Barnsdale. But uh, a couple of years ago when that whole inquiry thing was going on with the Hamiltonian, I mean, that was a very uncomfortable feeling around here, and it went on for quite a while. And, of course, they took the horse down. But, uh, you know, this I don't think quite as much gravity as the Hamiltonian. Actually, it's against it's the second-place finisher, number six, Custom Kansas here. It- Guys, I'm not sure I saw the six do much of anything. Now I don't know what they're looking at because we're, we're, you know, obviously we're out here. But did he? Should she cause that break somehow in the back? I, I'm not really sure. But the question I have is, why is there no inquiry against the seven? We all saw the bobble. Here we go right here. Let's guys. take a look at it here. Let's see who's on the six here. David no, it's because he ran out, but oh. uh, he didn't. He didn't cut off six pack paths. So I think he's going to stay up. Well, the question would be by running well, hey, no, out. No, no, hey, I, I, watch, watch the seven here. Again. Watch the seven here as well. Okay, so you're going to watch the six. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, watch the seven. Oh, right there, yeah. The six come out. Right here is where she come out, guys. The se- watch the seven here. Seven up the inside. Does Is that enough of a bobble? Oh, yeah. Right there. Yeah, there's enough of a bobble. Oh, yeah. See, the problem with the six is the six interfered. I think it, it might be with – is it with Sears? Is that Fatosa? Just after Can't the three – Because we're watching the head-on view. They're looking just that right after the three-quarter poll to see if number six custom Cantab had sufficient clearance when she came out. That's – that's what I think they're looking at here, guys. And right here, we're going to see. Look. Let's see. Yeah, let's take a look. Okay, she for, looks like she's a little bit rank in the stretch. Obviously, she's all over the place. She actually caused interference to the seven, the winner. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Three other horses got affected by. She desperately is trying. To, uh, that horse is desperately. Custom Cantab is desperately trying to run out. She's going to come down at minimum behind Oki, who finished fourth, because Oki ended up getting interfered with. By the horse on the outside. I think, she would, I think she would come by, come down behind Fayetosa because I yeah. think Fayetosa was the first horse well, that she came out on. Let's take a look well, at this again. Well, it's guys. interesting because if you when she, the minute she ducks out, that's when the seven actually came to the inside as well. Right. So if you're watching right here from in between them, right there. Right here, right here is where it is, Mike. And you know, Fayet, oh, yeah. now the thing about it is Fayetosa is tired, but Fayetosa also therefore goes out on the other two. So. I, I would have to think she comes. I'd down have to think she'd have behind to come the down two. Here, behind right? the so, two. We're not we're not privy to the camera no. in the the camera view that they're looking at the pan shot off the turn, which probably gives them a clearer shot. But you could tell by the way she was coming down the stretch, she was desperately trying to run out the entire way there. Dave Miller doing everything he possibly can. And this is the regular shot right here, guys. This is from the the pan camera, and I'm not so sure how much you'll be able to. T- well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, well, here's the thing. Fayetosa was tiring they, at this point. Yeah, that but might. see, from that angle, it doesn't look like the six did that much. Right. Right. From see, that, that's where, and that's where camera angles fool you yeah. in that situation. Because it looked like she had sufficient clearance there. It looks awkward on the head-on, but when you look there, the wheel never got up under Fayetosa, who got a little rank there and then bounced into the horses on the outside. All right. While the inquiry is going on, we have a Hamiltonian maturity champion to crown in number seven, Crystal Fashion, who is the winner of the 2019 Hamiltonian maturity. We're going to let the judges sort out the inquiry. We're going to pause 30 seconds for station identification. This is the Bet America Radio Network. 
You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association of Bet America. Mike Carter, Pete Medhurst, and Mike Bozich joining you live from Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. Something we didn't note before the break, this judge judging crew is two-thirds new to Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. So this could very well be their, one of their first big calls. Pete Koch actually used to be the race secretary here at the Meadowlands. Yeah, we're under a full moon here tonight, so no surprise. <laughs> Uh, that we would have some semblance of activity. But look, I mean, as we said, the whole time coming out of the stretch and camera angle views are what Ken Warkington will then have to explain to the public here. The straight on, the head on view, it looks like she's ready to knock them down like bowling pins. But then we got the close up side view and she never does put the wheel up under the two who got a little rank. Maybe Sears grabbed up a smidge because he thought something might happen there. And you're talking 25% of $450,000, so this is a, a big, big decision here. And I'm going to tell you, usually when you have a long inquiry like this, you've got a hung jury because basically you've got three stewards that are in the booth, and there are a lot of situations where one of them will say, agree with the inquiry and the disqualification, one of them won't, and then it comes down to a third person who's kind of on the fence, and they watch it over and over again. You're right by the judges in the Rosecroft announcers, but you kind of are privy to some of that discussion. <laughs> yes, and, and what so will long. happen here? What will happen here? The question will be: They'll interview Dave Miller. Yep. They'll interview Brian Sears, right. and the question will be: Will Brian say that the actions of the six put him in a bad spot? Because that's a lot of time. If the driver says, and a lot of times drivers will say, even though it looks like they may have been, yeah. a driver will say, no, nah, they didn't bother me. And then the judges will kind of let it go at that point. But when you're talking $450,000, the judges have to do a thorough job here. They probably have to talk to Oki, probably got to talk to Corey Callahan, a $50 yep. bill who's also in that uh, foray there. So that's the big question. And all those, by the time they conduct all those interviews, and then the three of them will talk to themselves again. And, and try to make a decision here. Like I said, you know, two-thirds of this crew is pretty new. I, I you know, as as tough, excuse me, as easy as the world makes the judges' jobs out to be, no. let me tell you something. If it was the three of us in that room right now, I'm not so sure we wouldn't still be talking about this because from every different camera angle, it, this is not an easy decision for 450 no, but, grand. But you use each angle to try and decipher what happened. And the one angle we saw... Most of the time, Mike, they're not taking a horse down in that situation. They would pin that on Sears for grabbing up a little bit there. Even though it was close, it appeared as if the six did not actually get up under the two in that situation. So Ken Workenden has just said that six will be disqualified, place yeah. seven. Yeah, did sure interfere that. with numbers two, three, and 11 in the stretch. Did not have sufficient clearance. So six-pack will be fourth place third. Atlanta will be third place second, seven four eleven five. Well, I'll tell you, if you've got the uh, seven six exactly, oh. you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> oh, a, that's a heart-wrenching you loss. Are and... a gut-wrenching sick right now. Yeah. Not that this won't pay badly, no. but the seven six would have been enough to set how, up the entire bar here upstairs. How, how about the, how about the uh, trifecta? If you would add uh, seven six four, yeah. I mean, 
you know what I'm saying? So, all right. The seven four eleven five number six custom Cantab has been disqualified for causing interference in the stretch. How about that? You go from twenty five percent of four fifty to nothing. That's tough. Well, one percent. You get one percent now. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah, but still nothing, like you said. Tough I mean, pill that's... to swallow. Yeah, it is. It is. But you know what? Again, I mean, I think the right decision has been made. You know, guys, here's the thing. Before we we haven't really been doing prices tonight. The forty eight forty, the winning mutual. There's a hundred ten dollar exacta, four hundred twelve dollars sixty cent trifecta for seven four eleven. But you know what, guys? Here's the thing. There is so much gray area when interpreting the rules. I mean, you know, when you watch something like that, there's not really a rule book, Pete, that's going to really help you out in a situation like that. A lot of it goes on discretion, a lot of gray area when it comes to judging these races. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you got Santa Breads thundering almost 30 miles an hour on a straightaway like that, and the actions of a horse and driver can cause actions of another horse and driver to do something. And the question is, you know, they, they have to determine... Did the horse, you know, cause Brian Sears horse to check up and then obviously run into $50 bill and six pack who's say what six pack man, two weeks in a row horses race. Great. He gets interfered with here and still comes home fourth from post 11. And he's like seven wide coming down the stretch after being interfered with. I think the key to that decision guys was the fact that there was more than one horse involved. I mean, Fayette was tired if it was just against Fayette and there was nobody outside of her, I think that maybe this horse had a chance to stay well, up. Well, looking at the replay, uh, they just had it up for a quick second. From the pan cam, as we're watching it again, from this shot, it looked like maybe there was some contact. From the pan cam, it was obvious there was no contact, but you see how far she comes out, and caught, that's where the interference is. It's not necessarily that there was contact. It's just that they forced them out. It puts the horse in a bad spot. I mean, and, you know, was that a, at times you're, you're – deciding is that an unsafe move in a situation like that and you know for whatever reason you know brian as soon as brian grabs up there at all uh, and has to take an evasive maneuver with his horse caused by another that's why the judges more often than not nine times out of ten are going to take the horse down because he caused the horse to make an evasive maneuver all right we are 10 minutes away from the crawford farms meadowlands pace we're going to take a timeout we'll go commercial free from when we come back to the end of the Crawford Farms Meadowlands Pace, you've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Post time, gates moving. They're off and it is on. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. 
Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. The post time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Bozich standing by with a special guest. All right, thank you very much, Mike. We're here with the horse owner, one of my good buddies at Harris, Philadelphia, Josh Kaufman. Josh, you've got some horses in your own right. We'll talk about a couple of them in a minute, but of course, the Meadowland Space is coming up, and we're uh, probably about 15, 20 minutes away from the actual start of that race. A lot of the harness racing world kind of focusing in on the big three Captain Crunch, Better's Wish, and working on a mystery. What say you? Uh, I'm going to go elsewhere. Um, I do think Captain Crunch is the best horse in the race. Um, but the one posted the Meadowlands is actually winning at 8% this meet. And um, I think there's going to be the old school Meadowlands shuffle going for uh, 600000 Um I just don't see that being a good spot for the one, even though he is the best horse. The four obviously has very maneuverable gate speed. Um, but again, with that Meadowlands shuffle, I just don't see him being in a great spot. I'm looking for closers in here. Um, and the closers to me are the eight and the 10. You know, we talk about post one all the time. You know, if you turn the clock back 20, 30 years ago, post one was the place to be. I mean, no matter what the racetrack you're talking about, whether a half mile where it still is in a lot of ways, but five eighths of a mile and a mile. But it seems like now, especially on the bigger racetracks, you know, post five, post four, post five, and even post six isn't very terrible anymore. Yeah, I think a lot of tracks that made this switch to the slanted gate, that changed a little bit. Um, it's funny, whenever one of my horses draw the rail, I'm always excited, and my trainers kind of tell me, no, I don't like the rail. Um, especially with the trotter, it's kind of tricky in there. Um, but I'm starting to get on the bandwagon of the one isn't the greatest spot. You know, that five hole, um, when you get that little bit of a slanted gate, really gives you the advantage. And, um, you know, just being stuck in the rail and pinned in, it really puts you in a tough spot um, in these evenly matched fields. Let's talk a few minutes about uh, the horses, uh, some of the horses you have. Probably the most recognizable horse that you have is Old Champy. Just tore it up over the winter at, at the Dover in the, uh, in the open ranks there. And he's it, certainly been holding his own uh, in the upper condition level ranks at Harris. How's he been and how's he doing? Yeah, Champy had an amazing winter. Um, he really did really well in the open down at Dover. He was really in great form. And he's really held that form um, into the Great Northeast Series. He really stepped up his company there. And uh, he's performed well. He had a quarter crack a couple weeks ago, which hindered him. Um, in the one race, he made a break because of it. He actually pumped, popped something out of his foot during the race. It caused him to break, and then we missed three weeks there. Um, but he's come back good since then. Um, from the eight post, he kind of followed him around. It had a nice closing kick. And then last week, um, Dexter gave him a great drive and tipped him at the top of the stretch, and he came flying home. He's, he's really, really game. He, he's a racehorse. He, he sees where he has to go, and he does everything he can to get there. And um, when you have a horse like that, he's, he's going to get you some money when it counts. All right, Josh Goffin. Josh, we appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck to you. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right, Mike. So, so remember when we said you want to puke? 
after that race, check out this ticket. Darren Zocali just posted a dollar super. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. He he had he would have had the super for a buck. Could you imagine what that would have paid? Wow. <laughs> I mean that that's incredible. I mean a twenty four dollar that's a first of all that's a hell of a play. That is yes. But I would be absolutely sick to my stomach. And he's posting a ticket. Can you get him to call, can you get him to call us right now? Let's see. Let's get his immediate reaction <laughs> of that inquiry. Or uh, is it, well, we amazing. still got this is still a family show, right, Pete? Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, that that I hurt for him. That that hurts. Like I say, once you get him on the phone, we'll get his reaction. And and to play the sixth, was, yeah, second by himself. By himself, he off the second. Just like that, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable beat. All right. Well, that can make Scott Van Pelt's bad beat. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we are getting ready for the 2019 Crawford Farms Meadowlands pace. What a night of racing action it has been thus far. The question being, is it down to the top three? Three to five on Captain Crunch. Three to one on Better Show. Four to one on Working on a Mystery. A horse that's not taking any money thus far who I'm going to definitely put some money down on, is number seven, best in show. Well, I mean, you pick up Brian Sears. I mean, you know, anytime you have Brian Sears in a big spot, last week, Brian Sears, you know, finishing second in the elimination with his horse. And the one thing you know, Linda Toscano always has hers ready to go. Lightly raced horse so far, just 11 times, but certainly the last two have been nothing to sneeze at. Very good performances from best in show. So if you're looking for a live long shot at 25 to one, why not? All right, well, they're coming out onto the right track for the Crawford Farms Meadowlands Pace once again. Uh, before we get to the horses, special thanks to Crawford Farms for sponsoring this event. Uh, very, very good people. Of course, uh, uh, Alan Michelle Crawford, they've just done a lot for the sport of harness racing. So uh, certainly a big kudos to them for sponsoring the Crawford Farms Meadowlands Pace. Mike, why don't you lead us off? All right, number one is Captain Crunch over the Three Brothers Stable. Christina Tactor, Rowan Stable, the Caviar Farms, Nancy Johansson Train. Scott Zeron drives a mark of 147.2 with by Mohawk Park. Over $1 million made 10 for 15 in his young career. He's coming off a dominant victory in the Pepsi North America Cup. Number two, Escape to the Beach. Trema Tony Alanya, Corey Callahan in the bike. Four-time winner, mile mark of 150-1 at Pocono. Competitive in the Pennsylvania Sire State Circuit. Been his third in the Hemp Constellation, but certainly would have to step up his game to get a large piece of the pie coming up in here. All right. Number three is Captain Ahab, and uh, this is a horse that, if you heard our show on Thursday, Tony Alanya had a lot of good things to say about Captain Ahab coming off of a sickness, uh, and uh, Woodbine was pretty good before that. Fourth in the Meadowlands pace elimination. Tony was uh, very happy with that effort. Says he fully expects him to step forward today. He's going to have to step forward a lot. He's owned by Brittany Farms, Bradley Grant, Marvin Katz, and Riverview, uh, John Federa, etc. Tony Alanya is the trainer. Andy McCarthy is the driver on three at Captain Ahab. Listen, I'm betting the two, and I'll tell you why, Pete. You don't know this. I gave the two a training mile in Florida, and he had to carry my fat butt around the racetrack. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Escape to the Beach does. On the monitors now is number four, Better's Wish. It's owned by uh, Chris Ryder, Bella Racing, Farland Farm, and uh, Solomon. Chris Ryder is the trainer. Dexter Dunn will drive, try to get his first Meadowlands Pace victory. Right in Kentucky by the Brittany Farms, mark for 149-1 right here at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. That mark came last week in the elimination for the Meadowlands Pace. Interesting fact about Chris Ryder, as we talked about earlier, 
he won one of the only turf races ever to be held on the turf course here with the Harness Horses. Number five, Hurricane Emperor, the son of Hurricane King Cole, one of the fastest in the history of the Meadowlands for trainer John McDermott Jr. Dan Dubay in the bike tonight. Horse has been a 10-time winner at 17 starts, a mile walk at Lexington of 149 and three. So far this year, three wins, but 152. Not quite going to cut it. Going to have to be much, much better than that. Work out a perfect journey here tonight to get a piece of the pie. Trainer Brett Pelling is looking for his fourth Meadowlands Space Trophy. He reigns uh, or trains number six, reigning Dale for Dale Valenti Farms. Pelling Racing and Brian Gordon. Joe Bongiorno is the driver. A mark of 154. What a qualifier nonetheless at Harris Philly, but obviously he's gone faster than that. He went 49 and fourth at the Meadowlands last time in the elimination. Finished fifth. On the fringes, was a long shot that day, is a long shot this day, too. Listen, we're all dancing to YMCA while we're up here. I got Mike doing the, uh, got Mike doing the whole, you know, CA type right, of yeah, thing. Exactly, do the letters of everything. <laughs> Number six is a reigning Deo. Brett. Seven, Mike. Oh. Worry about the YMCA. Jesus, the YMCA. here we go. All right, seven best in shows, owned by Richard Young and Joanne Young. Linda Toscano, who was just inducted into the Harness Racing Hall of Fame, if anybody's going to upset this race, I have a feeling it's going to be the seven best in show. To mark a 150-3, and going to have to be better than that tonight. Was second in the Meadowlands pace elimination. Pete, one thing about it, Ontario's Sire Stakes gold is a lot different than the Grand Circuit State. There's no doubt about that. But, of course, Linda, a Hall of Famer. You know her horses are ready when they come to the racetrack. Eight is U.S. captain. Also trained by Tony Alanya, Yannick Jingra, the bike for Brittany Farms, Brad Grant, Barbera, and U.S. captain racing of Versailles, Kentucky. Four-time winner. Last year as a two-year-old, flat as a pancake. Didn't show anything. So far here, though, as a three-year-old, sources turned the corner here, but not quite faced this type of company, though a solid third in the elimination. Gets Chingra over Dexter Dunn, who's obviously going to choose better's wish. U.S. captain's on the improve and may have his best racing still ahead of him. May be able to sneak onto the back end of the ticket with a little bit of luck in here as he seems to be on the improve. I will say this, Pete. At the end of May, those wins, the win especially Harris Philly in 150-2, that was under wraps, and that was very impressive. Nine working on a mystery owned by Diamond Creek Racing. Stan Ball, Lehman, Keith, and Wingfield Brothers. Brian Brown trains Tim Tietrich drives, and uh, Tim Tietrich has uh, won this race a whole lot of times, and he's won a lot here tonight. Him and, uh, you know, his wife, uh, help me out, I'm drawing a blank. Alyssa, no, his wife, his name is uh, Ashley. Ashley. Alyssa, I, I, can, I can feel the A's. Yeah, the right letter. Listen, I'm doing the YMCA, you're forgetting wife's name. Ashley. For Ashley. They have spent a lot of time in that winner's circle here tonight, and they may just get there again. Working on a mystery was big in defeat last time against Captain Crunch. Coming home 25-3, and 148-3. He's beaten this caliber before. The only thing is the post draw. Timmy's going to have to get very creative from outside from post nine. They did so in the North America Cup elimination. Can they do so tonight? Four to one to find out. Captain Treacherous sires five horses in this field, including number 10, Captain Trevor. Trainer Tony Alanya is the Todd Pletcher of this race. Has four starters in this race. David Miller drives. Driver change from Andrew McCarthy to David Miller. I'm scared about what you're going to say here. Go oh, ahead. no, that's fine. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I, uh, your point's spot on. I mean, the Todd Fletcher of the question is, it, you know, with so many, and, and how about that driver change? I mean, right. You, you lose your driver, but you pick up In, Dave Miller. So. Interesting note here, guys, was parked at the first quarter, was three wide at the three-quarter pole, and still managed to close home. Does Captain Trevor have a better effort here tonight? We're going to find out. I have a feeling he's going to have the kind of trip that Dorsodoro Hanover had from post-10 last year 
And you know David Miller is not going to sneeze at trying to leave against this group. Ten, Captain Trevor has a mark of 149 and one here at the Meadowlands. Only $190,000 made. Probably the lowest of this entire field. But Captain Trevor has a little bit of a sniff's chance from post number 10. Stalking tactic, though, for Captain Trevor. This, this racetrack is perfect if you are going to be the one that is going to stalk uh, in terms of needing plenty of room to run down horses. And I think we can confidently say, too, Captain Treacherous, over the last few years, you know, for a while, it was Rock and Roll Hanover. Then it was some beach somewhere. And now Captain Treacherous has taken over Mike as an all-star sire. We're talking a sire that is going above and beyond. You know, some beach somewhere for the last five or six years, those offspring always seem to have the great speed and the great results. Now it seems like the Captain Treacherouses are coming in bunches, and a good handful of them are all racing well. The problem is one of their half-brothers just happens to maybe be the best three-year-old <laughs> well, in, you, in the world right now. And you know what, guys, and that's the thing. I think uh, at the when it's all said and done, at this stage of the game here in 2019, you judge – a harness horse, not only by what he has done on the track, but what kind of stud he was. And Captain Treacherous, some beat somewhere. Captain Treacherous has got so much stud life left in him, it's unbelievable. Some beat somewhere was taken for, from us much too soon. But, uh, I mean, the stud career for Captain Treacherous is only just beginning, guys. I mean, five, ten years down the road, you're going to see a whole bunch of captains out there. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny because you look through this field and you see U.S. Captain, Captain Treacherous. I'll tell you, if I was Ken Workenden, Pete, I feel a little bad for you. There's about 20 captain names in this race, and and we're going to see a lot of those captain-type horses. But as they're warming up on the racetrack, as I I think Mike is looking at this one through the binoculars, the three-horse here, Captain Ahab, check him out. He looks very good. He looks sharp on the racetrack. Yes, and so did uh, Captain Crunch, uh, well, obviously, and so did Better's Wish. I thought those are the three horses that look good. Right now you're – uh, well, if you're watching the feed, you're looking at Better's Wish. Uh, didn't warm up very fast. Captain Ahab warmed up a lot faster. And, uh, Mike, here's uh, your horse right here, Escape to the Beach. Yeah, Escape to the Beach warming up pretty well. But I like number three in the uh, out there right now. Captain Ahab, 55 to 1. Listen, man, there, there's value to be had. <laughs> hey, hey, you see this, don't you? You see this, don't you? They're warming up. Hey, I'm telling you, they're warming up he nice. Bolted. He bolted for the – you know exactly where he's going, and I don't blame him. No, look, I mean, we talked about it earlier with Atlanta, and we talked about it with Green Shoe. You don't want to take one to five when you come to the racetrack. You know, put a couple of shekels in a different direction if you have the wherewithal to do that in this case. So, as far as I'm concerned, you've got a couple of other horses here. I mean – even better's wish at five to two is not a terrible, right. you know, play at this point. And I, Mike, I, I think better's wish is clearly the, the fly in the ointment horse here, because if there's a horse that seemingly shows the same type of greatness as captain crunch, it is better's wish and better's wish didn't have to race against captain crunch last week. So in some ways, maybe a little bit of an easier trip a week ago, but you know what though? We all got the bank heist on Captain Crunch a couple of weeks ago at Woodbine when he was 4-1. to one. I mean, that's just unconscious. It's one of the most unconscious mutuals I've ever seen in a, in a major stakes let, race in the North America Cup. But we ain't getting 4-1 to one tonight. Let, it's 4-5, to five, and if you want to beat 4-5, to five, there's plenty of opportunities to do it. I have to ask, two words, Captain Ahab? Well, I went Captain Ahab, and actually I, I, I dutched Captain Ahab and U.S. Captain. I bet them both to win. 
And that's not a bad strategy, by the way. Very underutilized strategy, especially when you're dealing with two horses that are odds of these. And then I put the Captain Crunch on top with those two second with the Logicals third. So we'll see what happens. All right. We are, let's see, the board says out on the board two minutes away from the Probably about four or five. Crawford Farms Meadowlands page four to five currently on the one, seven to two on the nine, five to two on the four. Guys, this race sets up to potentially bring home a long shot if the pace is right. And if anything like, is like it was a week ago when we saw Lather up in these guys, just go stupid fast on the front end. In fact, we saw a race tonight where they uh, went, what was it, 26.52? So, you know, if, if the pressure, excuse me, if the pace is pressured, it could lead to some pretty catastrophic things for some of these. What guys. I want to see is if Better's Wish gets away to Captain Crunch's back for most of this mile, I want to see the two of them sprint home. Because I think Better's Wish, has the ability to go with Captain Crunch. So, you know, just like Jessica Ogden said earlier, you know, we're all on the Captain Crunch bandwagon. Captain Crunch is a horse with a wind tonight that, in my mind, ascends to superstar status. Yep. You know, he becomes the superstar currently of our industry on the male pacing side uh, if he can get the job done because the older guys keep beating each other up a little bit. You know, Captain Crunch with a wind tonight, you know, coming off the North American Cup victory would certainly send himself to a, a, a quite a different group right now. And this credit to Hollywood Bob Hayden in his great article about the Meadowlands pace in Harness Racing Update. If Scott Zeron wins this race, he would be the first driver ever to win the big five. And I'm talking about the Meadowlands pace, the Little Brown Jug, the Pepsi North America Cup, the Hambletonian, and help me, there's one Breeders more. Crown. Breeders Crown, yes. Yeah. All right, real quick, before they go to the gate here, and it's I, I, it's gone. I don't even know what I was going to say now. Um, four to five on the one Captain Crunch as they get ready. Oh, I know Start what I was going to say. Now, I, was, I know what I was getting ready to say real quick. Nancy Johansson, guys, knows where to put her horses. This is a grueling eight weeks for these horses between the North America Cup, the Hampton Pocono, the Meadowlands Pace, and the Adios. She's setting up for a cane pace run if she can win tonight. All right. Well, the... Certainly the top here, the upper deck at the Meadowlands has been silenced from the music because it is time for the Crawford Farms Meadowlands pace. The three-year-old open, Captain Crunch, the favorite at four to five, five to two on four, better's wish, seven to two on nine, working on a mystery. It's time to send it to Pete Meadows for the call of the Crawford Farms Meadowlands pace on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. 682,650 on the line. Can they beat Captain Crunch? They're going to get their bowls, their spoons, and their milk out, and they're off in the Crawford Farms Meadowlands pace. As expected, the outer half of the gate has to blast, and Best in Show does that. In between horses, Captain Ahab to the inside does so alertly. Scotty Z's got Captain Crunch away nicely there, third along the rail, with working on a mystery from the far outside for Tetrick. The question is, will he take the tuck? There won't be one. He's going to have to keep on trucking. Better's wish. Comes away in fifth. Escape to the beach. Trying to shut him out of the hole. Does so successfully. Hurricane Emperor's cut on the outside. Reigning Deo is next. Parked on the outside. U.S. Captain. Captain Trevor at the back of the pack. As they go to the opening quarter. 26-2. and two. And Captain Crunch and Scott Zeron now are on the move. Trying to get to working on a mystery. Better's wish. Going to be no rest as he moves to the outside. Moving up third. Shuffle back to the inside. Now fourth is best in show. The one-time leader. On the move, Hurricane Emperor on the outside, now into fifth. Shuffle back, Captain Ahab is sixth at the inside. Moving up on the outside is U.S. Captain Fergingra. 
trying to get out of skate to the beach, followed by reigning Deo and Captain Trevor trails 52 and four for the half mile, three parts of a length to the good. It's Captain Crunch in front. Better's wish on the outside, second, working on a mystery. He's got the perfect trip in the pocket. Now third, best in show is best of the rest. Nobody else from the back seemingly coming close. Captain Ahab locked in badly here with nowhere to go. Hurricane Emperor looking to swim three wide here. Corey Callahan looking for an opportunity to get escape to the beach on the bottom half of the ticket. But Captain Crunch trying to dig in. Better's Wish has dead aim in the middle of the racetrack. Working on a mystery. Best in show. Looking for racing room down to the inside. Captain Crunch. Better's Wish. Best in show down to the inside. Brian Steers with the sneak attack up the inside. Best in show. Yes. Best in show. Best tonight in the Crawford Farms Meadowlands pace at 27 to 1 in 148. There it is, Hall of Famer Linda Toscano, and she was just inducted into the Hall of Fame one week ago, and she gets a Meadowlands Pace champion here with number seven, best in show, Brian Sears with a picture-perfect drive. The betters said it best, a sneak attack up the inside after Captain Crunch and Better's Wish guys were dueling the whole way. It was best in show, Brian Sears. With the last lap, Mike Carter's going to go down to try to get Brian Sears and Linda Toscano in the winning connections. But, guys, this was just a driving clinic by Brian Sears. What do we talk about? If you're looking for a live long shot, you're looking for a horse on the improve. The last two were very good. And Linda Toscano, the Hall of Famer, the week she goes into the Hall of Fame, her horse comes up with a Hall of Fame performance. You combine Toscano, Brian Sears, and look, he had to make a split-second move. He looked like he wanted to come out. Tim Tietrich was already there with working on a mystery. So Brian went back to the inside. He got a clear shot and best in show, the best in the Meadowlands pace here once, tonight. Once again, let's talk a little bit about Better's Wish. How big was he parked a mile and uh, still almost able to get the job done? Had to deal with uh, Captain Crunch and duel with him. Captain Crunch, I thought, raced well in his own right. Uh, Tim Tietrich were working on a mystery in great position after being used, but it was the fresh legs of best in show that got the job done. And, you know, it's not very easy to close up the inside against the outside at the Meadowlands, especially when the outside has the jump on you mid stretch. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, and the thing that, I mean, Scott Deron made the right move. He moved Captain Crutch at the right time, right. but Timmy methodically stretched him out there to the tune of 52 and four. It wasn't as if Timmy just re- outright released him. Timmy made him go by, and when you saw the half Dalton 52-4, and four, at that point, you were looking for the horses that were coming off the back, and obviously betters wish a huge trip going first over there. But, you know, to think about this, for several years, back in the 80s, early 90s, Brian Sears played second fiddle to Dave Pallone yes, at the Meadows. That's right. But he took the schooling that he got there to a Hall and, of Fame and, and career. And the butt whoopings. And, and the, the butt, butt whoopings, right. And now still one of the very best in our game and proof right there huge money on the line a confident trip didn't overdrive made the right move at the precise time ducks his horse to the inside gets him a clear shot and a pair of hall of famers combining for a a great metal pace victory here 
All right, congratulations to owners Richard and Joanne Young, of course, Linda Toscano, the trainer, Richard and Joanne Young, also the breeders, along with Craig Henderson of Best in Show, and, of course, Brian Sears with just a masterful steer getting the job done. The upset, 27-1 to in the Crawford Farms Meadowlands pace. We've got some bills to pay, some timeouts to take. When we come back, Michael Carter will be down to the winner's circle. He's going to have the winning connections, plus much, much more. This show still has a lot of life left in it. We still have some great stakes racing action coming up, so don't touch that dial. you got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. Windbag Farm of New York is proud to introduce Boston Red Rocks Courtly Choice at Mets Hall to the 2019 Stallion lineup. Boston Red Rocks, the two-year-old Colt Pacer of the Year in 2015 and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Courtly Choice of the 2018 Meadowlands Pace and Little Brown Jug winner at Mets Hall on the 2018 Simcoe Stakes and Drag Memorial and was the runner-up of the 2018 Hambletonian. For more information, visit windbagfarm.com. That's Windback Farm. Winback Farms welcomes three. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once in a lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is big, fast, folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit HarrisHoosierPark.com for more info. Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. All right, Mike Carter uh, is down in the winner's circle. I got you, buddy, with this, in the sea of humanity up here in the broadcast location with Pete Metters, best in show, a 56-20 winner, 14-40 to play, 680 to show, and uh, $4 to play, 280 to show, four number four betters wish. But, uh, you know, we got to give our man John Vernaglia some credit, Pete, because when we asked him to handicap this race, he actually picked best in show. So yeah, hats off away. to you, buddy. Hats off to you, my friend. That's Not only nice. that, and you know what? 
another underrated sire or horse that we don't talk about. But you talk about in terms of numbers of horses, the betters' delights have been ridiculous in terms of their consistency. Yes. And we were talking about all the Captain Treacherouses. You had some beach somewheres in there. But it's betters' delight, best in show. And look, lightly raced. Only had three starts as a two-year-old. So obviously, you know, the connection stopped with him. They come back and clearly a different horse, a fresher horse. And what a week for the Hall of Famer, Linda Toscano. You know, winning the Hamiltonian with market share here on this racetrack and now a Meadowlands pace uh, to her credit as well. Just a, you can't ask for a better week in horse racing if you're Linda Toscano. It's unbelievable. And let me tell you what, it was a stirring speech that she gave at the Hall of Fame dinner. You can check it out on the archive here at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Make sure you check it out. A really, really good speech by Linda Toscano, the first woman ever, Pete, to make the yeah. Hall of Fame. And uh, just uh, an unbelievable unbelievable deal and let's see Mike Carter's going to get some interviews Linda Toscano of course got to go to the Hollywood first Bob Hayden Brian Sue's gonna uh, join Hollywood Hayden there but uh, Pete once again I mean part of the handicapping puzzle is always trying to figure out who is going to bring their a game that is always a part of the handicapping puzzle and you know because the best horse doesn't necessarily win every race. You just have to figure out who's the best that night. Well, and, and, and let's face it, it, it all comes down to trip. Who gets the best trip uh, in a situation like that? And I think the fact that you look at where Best in Show came from, he was sitting just off of right. the flank of, you know, Scotty and, and Timmy at that point. And, you know, look, Brian, if Brian has to stay outside, he doesn't win the race. The That's fact right. that he made the split-second move, to go back to the inside gave his horse enough time to track down Captain Crunch. If you make that move belatedly, you run out of racetrack, and you're not the winner. Tonight, he made the move at the right time, had plenty of room up the inside, and you know a guy that's look, the guy's won every race this this sport has imaginable. Uh, and Brian Sears, you know, adds another trophy to his collection here tonight. All right, so Mike Carter standing by down in the winner's circle, and Mike's going to grab Brian Sears, so let's send it down to Mike Carter with Brian Sears right now. Mike? Brian, what a week it's been for you. You brought Dustin Show into this thing. We were talking upstairs a little bit ago. If you make the move a little bit later, maybe the whole day, maybe it's not. What a patient guy. Yeah, I thought I had to be pretty patient, um, considering, you know, I think he did pay $50 to win, uh, so I wasn't going to get overly aggressive, but, um, you know, he, he was loaded pretty good last week in the, in, when I stuck him up the rail, and... Um, you know, I really never had to use him other than the uh, the first quarter. So, uh, you know, he responded, and we got lucky enough to get a crease. So uh, I was really happy with him. You know, over the last couple of weeks, he's really been coming together strong. Did you have a feeling tonight that this could be the night that he uh, came through against these guys? You know, I just I knew we had to get lucky, and we were fortunate enough to get some luck on our side, and that's what happened. All right, thanks, Brian. Linda, Linda. All right, thank, thank you very much, Mike. Uh, go ahead All right, Linda Toscano, what a week it has been for you. First, you go into the Hall of Fame. Now you win your first Meadowlands pace. What's this week been like for you? Yeah, it's a dream to come true. You just don't expect the Hall of Fame thing is just not something you try to do. This is something you try to do. You try to just get from one race to the next and try to win them. And uh, I was so lucky to get a colt like this. Um, Richard entrusted me with his uh, incredibly well-bred colt, and the colt has done everything I've asked him to do this year. Now, Linda, let's take uh, let's take you through the mile a little bit. Pete Meadows, who's part of that program as well, said. 
It maybe Brian waited a split second longer. Who knows if that hole would have been there? What a patient drive by Brian. Brian is Brian. You know, there's a reason that he's where he is, and, and he's the biggest. He's one of the best money drivers in the sport. You know, he is who he is, and it was just a magical drive. You know, I I, I was so tickled to be able to get him and and have him do what he did. Now there were some people that were discounting Best in Show, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of people who stopped by our table tonight that love Best in Show's chances tonight. You couldn't tell from the mutual of 56-20. How much confidence did you have coming into tonight? I, I knew my coat was going to show up and, and give a good accounting of himself, but those three colts are good colts. Don't make any mistake. And we just got lucky that we were in the right place, and they went a big first half, and uh, Brian is Brian. Lindy, congratulations. Thank you. All right, guys, back to you. All right, thank you very much, Mike Carter. Down with Linda Toscano and Brian Sears, 56-20, the winning mutual. And uh, Linda Toscano said it, uh, Pete, right there. She said, uh, you know, this is a talented colt. We stuck with him. We stuck with him, and boom, he peaked at the right moment. Yeah, I mean, it's like we talked about. I mean, only had three starts last year. And, you know, like Brian even said, I mean, sometimes you got to have a little bit of luck on your side. Brian gets his horse into the race by blasting here. He knew the nine was going. You know Yannick is usually going in a stakes race. He tries to. He knew the nine had to go, and you knew at some point Scotty was coming. So Brian had, took his shot in the first quarter, got his horse positioned to even have the opportunity, and you only do that because you look at him last week, and that's, that's the first time Brian's driven it. So he left handily with him last week, had the confidence to send him here, and then from that point, the trip just works out, you know, as he's behind uh, two of the top Colts. Uh, in fact, three of the top Colts in the entire country. I mean, got to give better Swish a lot of credit. He did a lot of the hard work for the rest of the field there Again. by grinding on Captain Crunch. And as I said, Timmy didn't release Scotty. He made him work to get to the half. That second quarter was blistering as well, 26-2, and two, matching 26-2 and two quarters. At that point, Captain Crunch has just got to be a beast at that point to hang on from that because this is such a good group. Uh, that is starting to develop here. And, you know, better's wish, tough luck again, loses the North American Cup in tough luck fashion, loses this race in tough luck fashion here tonight. All right, let's move along. Uh, race number nine. There's still uh, plenty of action left on this edition of uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike, live from the Meadowlands, presented by Bet America and the USTA. It's the William Hout Memorial, and uh, this is for the older Pacers. And, Pete, this is always one of my favorite races because it's a mile and an eight, so that throws a little bit of a crink into it. And you always have the 12-horse field. So you have not only one but two trailers in Delta Winner and Filibuster Hanover. But obviously, all the wagering attention is going to go around. Nick Wicked is Brian Sears. Looks for back-to-back wins on this big stakes tonight. And Lather Up, who has just been so impressive, equaled always be Mickey's mark last time of 146. Can Lather Up duplicate that effort, or does he even have to win? You know, I mean, look, last week always a prince just jetted out 25 and three and then 52. So always a prince. You look to the inside, the one can leave. Uh, Endeavor was in the Potomac pace last year at Rosecroft for Jeff Culifer, who's moved some of his operation to the East here and has had some success. That horse can blast out of there, but you got to figure the four is going. You got to figure, you know, when you look to the outside, Hylator and Ricky still, what is Ricky still and Hylator going to do here? Seemingly you would think they've got to blast to get into the race from the outside. And, you know, this is the plan with, with Jingra has got a blast uh, from the far outside. So the question is how much damage does Dave Miller and always a Prince have when they get to the quarter mile mark again here this week, if they're there in 25 and three, 
we got a chance for another world record coming up on this surface here tonight. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll preview the William Hout Memorial on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is big, fat, folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit HarrisHoosierPark.com for more info. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. All right, we're back in this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. They're on the racetrack for the ninth race, the William Hout Memorial. Go ahead, Mike. All right, let's take a look at the field. Once again, they're going one mile and an eighth for a purse of $423,000. Number one is Endeavor, owned by Pollock Racing. And trainer Jeff Collin for Corey Callahan in the bike. Of a seventh-place finish last time, 27-time winner. Has two wins here this season. Last one coming at Hoosier Park back on the 21st. Big odds here, though, 70-1. to one. Number two duplicated in of a Richard Pellucci and Joanne Ludic King, trainer Jim King Jr., and, of course, Tim Tietrich in the bike for duplicated in a consistent check getter so far on the year to the tune of 113,000, a mile mark of 149 and three, taken down at Chester. Number three is Beckham Z Tam, trained by Bruce Saunders, owned by the Z Tam Stables LLC, he has made $769,000 in his career. 
Andy Miller picks up the drive here tonight. Number four is always a Prince, owned by Carla Melanie Atley, trained by Tyler George, Dave Miller, the drive, always a Prince. Pete, I know you probably want to introduce this horse because I got a feeling this is your dark horse in this race, although he is going off at 7-2, did a lot of that work in that humongous mile last time. A similar effort gets him really close. Yeah, I think so, and obviously the, be able to, being able to blast off and get position, we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Five, lather up for Gary and Barbara Isles and their great mare, Pocket Cove. She just continues to throw outstanding horses as the son of I'm Gorgeous. Almost a, It was an accidental breeding, so to speak, as well, for trainer Clyde Francis and Montrell Teague with one of the biggest wins of his career last week, tying the fastest mark in the history of the sport, 146, blasting out of the pocket to beat Always the Prince. Number six is the 2018 Horse of the Year, Mick Wicked, over $4 million in the bank for trainer Casey Coleman who I just saw downstairs, uh, zoned by the SSG is stables, Brian Sears, going to try to make it back-to-back stakes victories here in the Houghton. Number seven is Western Joe, a fan favorite here at the Big M, owned by Anthony Regari and Richard Tosi's Chris Choate, the trainer. Scott Zero on the drive. Western Joe got shuffled back last time, finished a decent fifth and none better, and he uh, we're going to see him tomorrow at Harris, Philadelphia. He's won about eight or nine in a row. And, uh, you know, Western Joe's got a little bit of a shot here, and he's 17-1 on the board. A fast horse when he's right. He displayed that speed a couple of starts back in a 149-2 and two win. Horse that's won 30 of his 64 lifetime starts. Highlighter for Ricky Still, trainer Jenny Beer, co-owns with Joanne Dombeck and midsize construction down in Aberdeen, Maryland. And so far, so good for Ricky Still with this horse. So in the Franklin Elimination, one of the few times this year that Highlighter didn't fire, got caught first over against a very good crew, but has given a good account of himself to the tune of $190,000 in nine wins and 18 starts so far this year. Number nine was my Meadowlands Pace selection last year in Dorsodoro, Hanover, who has not put on a show this year thus far. Just one win and seven starts. Going to need to do a little bit more tonight. Number 10, this is the planned second place in that 146 mile last time. To lather up, kind of got a trip to do it. Won the Ben Franklin at 12 to 1. So this horse does have some ability. Ron Burke always brings his horses ready to race on these big days. And he's got his ace fan, Yannick Shingra, in the bike. 9 to 1 on the board for value player. This is the plan. Certainly capable. 11 Delta winner, the third in this field that has been a Potomac Pace participant down at Rosecroft. Andrew McCarthy for Mark Silva and owner Jeff Snyder. The son of Cam's card, Shark. 18 of 86 lifetime, but a winner of $1.2 million was second last time out at Pocono in 148 and four to Hialater. The concern may be a little bit as a missed week, but certainly a horse that will have to trip out to get a victory here tonight from the second tier. Number 12, number 12 is filibuster Hanover. And who could forget filibusters Hanover Mike in the little brown jug. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's trained by uh, Ron Burke, owned by Burke Racing Stable. Scala. JT Silva Stables and Weaver Brissemi, bred in Pennsylvania by the Hanover Shoe Farms. 12 lifetime victories, $1.5 million in the bank. What class this field has? All right, that's the field for the William Houghton Memorial. Older Pacers, they're going a mile and an eighth, a field of 12. And guys, let's start with McWicked. And uh, obviously, after the year, the dominating year that he had last year, $1.5 million in the bank, 12 of 19. This year, we haven't seen the same McWicked yet. The second-place finish in the Ben Franklin. Is this where we start to see the dominating McWicked kick in, Pete? We'll see. I mean, I, I think, Mike, the one thing is I think the, the consistency of the competition has picked up a little bit for him than what we saw last year. 
Last year, he had just ascended to a really different level than a lot of the older horses he was in against. I think this group has gotten a little bit better, and because of that, McWicked hasn't won seemingly every start like he did for a good portion of last year. The group is better, but last week, you know, hey, I mean, he, he loses, you know, last time out, he loses a Pocono by a neck, uh, so this is the plan. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, this is the plan, not the kind of horse you would think would beat McWicked more often than not, but it does give everybody else a puncher's chance in this group. I saw I saw Pete get up. He's no longer at the table. He's joining the conga line that's down. Oh, that's my going goodness. On today. Yeah, they're going absolutely <laughs> crazy. Pete, let me ask you a question about Lather Up. Now, Gary Oz, we had a chance to interview him on this program a few months back, and what a great story, a barber. So, in other words, all of his horses are named in some way, shape, or form after a barbershop, whether it be a tool or whatever, with pocket comb, and here we are with Lather Up. Yeah, and, of course, uh, one of their other great horses was Barber Pole. Uh, right for, for them as well. But this particular mare, Pocket Comb, has just continued to throw good horses for them. Pocket Comb by the Maryland-bred horse in the pocket, who was a Maryland Sire Stakes champion uh, in the early 90s. So that's how far back in the pocket goes, and this mare, Pocket Comb, uh, for the Isles family. And Gary and Barbara had a great relationship through the years with George Teague and Clyde Francis. And, you know, for Montreal Teague, you talk about the last couple of years, what what a run it's been for Montrell Teague, the Isles, you know, George and Clyde. I'm happy for Clyde. Uh, you know, he's starting to get a lot of the, the, the credit that comes with these horses. With the Teague Stable does a, a fantastic job uh, for, for George. And, you know, for Montrell, we've seen him start to pick up a couple of catch drives on these cards. And, you know, his career uh, goes, he, he seems to put the horses in the right place. That's for sure. Yeah, and as we expected, a little bit overbet, but McWicked, I'm kind of surprised to see 8-5 to five favoritism on McWicked, especially after the past couple of weeks. Uh, look, I mean, he's $4 million winner, Mike. Well, I, 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 and it. there's back class. There's four other millionaires in the field. You got another horse that's closing in on a million, and this is the plan. So, um, you know, McWicked, and, and look, McWicked's got Brian Sears and Casey Coleman. I mean, that's a combination a that deadly has combo. struck gold several times on this racetrack. All right, race number nine is coming up. The starter is calling the Pacers. It is the one mile at an eighth. William Houghton Memorial going for a purse of $423,000. A field of 12-2 in the second tier. Delta winner and filibuster Hanover with the call of the William Houghton. Let's send it to our good friend, Pete Meadows. Field assembly for the $423,000. William Houghton Memorial. Bill Houghton, of course, one of the greatest to ever train horses in the history of this sport. Two trailers, Delta Winner and Filibuster Hanover from post 11 and post 12. Mick Wicked, your favorite right now at 2-1. to one. They're in behind the gate, and they are underway for the mile and an eighth. William Houghton Memorial from the inside, as expected, Endeavor blasting a little bit, and Lather Up goes in the middle of the racetrack. Joined by Always a Prince. Further out, Hialater, as expected, also goes, and from post 10, you know Yannick Jingra is leaving. He is three wide and winging with This Is The Plan. That sprint to the opening quarter is going to be a stiff one here with This Is The Plan. Out sprinting Hialater, Lather Up comes away in third. Always a Prince, who was cutting it out last week, sitting fourth. Mick Wicked now is fifth. As Lather Up looks to make an early move here for Montrell Teague. Beats always a prince to the jump, and Lather Up's going to go to the end of the opening quarter. 25 and one-fifth seconds by This Is The Plan. Put Lather Up now on the point for Montrell Teague. In second, This Is The Plan, followed by Hialater 
In third, always a Prince is fourth. Gap of two back to Mick Wicked. Duplicated and is trying to get McWicked to flush here the cover. Endeavor says thanks for the room. He'll shoot the gap up the inside. McWicked really struggling on the outside right now. Up the inside. Delta winner improving position badly as McWicked is just holding up the outer flow and going absolutely nowhere. Nowhere to go is Beckham Z Tam, who's caught in that bad outer flow at this point. Same thing for Western Joe. Nowhere to go at the inside. And filibuster Hanover is at the back of the pack. Lather up right now. Still the one to catch. 53-1 and one for the half. 121 now for three quarters. Always a Prince. Going to try a different tactic this week. He'll come first up here to try to attack. Lather up who sat to his back last week. This is the plan. Overloaded with Jingra's forearms are all the way back under his armpits. Try to hold him here. And guess who? Here comes Mick Wicked. Better late than never. He's in gear now. Hyalator searching for racing room. Down at the inside. Lather up in Montreal Teague digging in. This is the plan. Still nowhere to go. Always a Prince. Not gaining. Lather up. The key is this is the plan. Can he get out? Lather up. This is the plan. Lather up in Montreal Teague. This is the plan. One final surge. It's lather up to win the William Houghton Memorial. 201 and one. 201 and one for Lather Up. Montreal Teague driving him out. And I'll tell you what, Lather Up just brought it today, guys. Uh, brushed to the lead and just never looked back. What an interesting race by McWicked. Went to the outside. I'm not sure, Pete, if he was waiting on cover. If he, It looked like he was just kind of struggling, sputtering out there for a little bit. And I mean, I think he, at first he thought always the Prince was going to come uh, a little bit earlier. But at the same time, you know, the, he looked r- really between a half and three quarters like he was just struggling to get going. Finally started to show some on the final turn. But that may be just the fact that the rest of the field couldn't go with this bunch on the front here. So a superb effort uh, by Lather Up to win it here tonight in 2:01 and one. Just three fifths off of a world record performance set by Lady Shadow back in 2016, right here at the Meadowlands. So big, big effort by Lather Up, and you know, 147 and four is impressive in its own right for a mile, especially after the mile he went last week. But look at, I mean, just look how easily he fights off these horses down the stretch. I mean, just very, very impressive. Well, the big thing, too, is, I mean, look, this is the plan. What, a, what an outfit. He, re- he left at 25-1. and one. But the key this week, that second quarter was backed off. Oh, yeah. That second quarter big got time. backed off big time. And give Montrell Teague. And look, Montrell's a guy that when you get into a lot of the harness racing message boards and things of that nature, you know, he took a lot of heat at times for – the way he drove wiggle and jiggling but it was a heck of an education for him driving against these best drivers with a great horse and montrell now is by far a guy that can handle himself in these environments with no problem and he ends up going off the favorite here at nine to five and he wins it here uh with lather up in impressive impressive fashion and another great job by clyde francis and george teague getting this horse ready to go yeah, and you know, and, and you bring up a good point because Montreux really rated uh, the second quarter, also rated that third quarter because that always was a twenty-seven and four. Yeah, right? I mean, always the Prince drove up to him, but you know, Montreux, you can tell was rating at this point. As a matter of fact, it looked like at some points he was even looking in back of always a Prince, like he wasn't even really looking for him. He was kind of probably looking for McWicket at that point. But uh, once again, uh, you know, lather up is. Uh, really made the great transition from three to four. And guys, when we, you know, especially when we talk to trainers, uh, you know, about transitions from two to three and three to four and see me not really being a horse guy, I didn't realize, but I always thought 
the biggest transition for a horse physically and mentally was two to three. That's not the case. It's from three to four. Especially with the way our game is right now, the opportunities that are out there for four-year-olds. You know, now there's a reason for them to continue on and, and keep going because we have a great older horse uh, stakes program out there yep. for them right now and, and lather up. Look, you know, as a two-year-old, didn't do a whole lot. But, boy, from, from three to four here as the late last year, struggled in the turns. They got him figured out. And right now, he's the best older pacer in the group. There's like, no question. Like you said, Mike, you know, the four, the transition from three to four is always tough because the four-year-olds have to face some of these open pacers. Right. And here's the thing. If you look at Latherup's line, he raced two races in the graduate. And then instead of coming – or excuse me, instead of going to the graduate and right here at the Meadowlands on June 28th, he went to the Ben Franklin where he made a break at Pocono Down. So they tried to go against some some of the tougher horses. These guys are not afraid to take on the top horses. And, you know, and let's be honest, I mean, there really weren't a whole lot of very good four-year-olds last year that stepped up from three to four to battle McWicked. They have this year. And as a matter, if you want proof of the pudding, look at the first three finishes. Look at the trifecta here today, 5-10-4, all four-year-olds. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and look, always a print. You know, last week, front-end tactics. Tonight, Dave Miller calls on him first over. And, and really, there, there's no fault in the effort. Lather up was just great. And, and look, this is the plan over the last, you know, month or so. This is the plan has ascended to a top seat uh, in this group as well. He's been very good. No shame in his second-place performance from post-10 after leaving at 25-1 and one here tonight. All right, here are the prices. Five lather up, 583 80 at and number 10. This is the plan, 760 460 or always a print, $3, even five ten on the exact, the thirty six twenty Trifecta, one hundred forty six twenty daily double, $312 even. Pick four pays just over $2,000. A couple of upsets there. Dime Superfecta, $21.34. Tenth race is up next. It's the mile and eighth Mistletoe Chalet. It's eight minutes away at 11.05. It's probably going to be more along the lines of 11.15. Let's take one final timeout before the mistletoe, shall we? It's the final race we will cover live on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA and Bet America. We'll be right back after this timeout. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. 
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. All right, we're back for this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, joined by Pete Medhurst and the man, the myth, the legend down there on the end of the table, Mike Bozich. Listen, Mike and I have been friends for long enough, and Pete got to see tonight for uh, probably the first time what, what, what we do for the show. But Mike and I give each other more crap than I think anybody else, it just, you know, friendship-wise. And there's a reason he's in my wedding. <laughs> Look, your best man and, and a guy in your wedding, you know, you got people in that wedding party who can step up for you and, and tell great stories about you. Yep. That's the best part uh, about all of that. And as I said earlier, you know, what, what you guys have done with this show to help promote the sport um, has just been extraordinary. And it, it just continues to get better uh, and better all the time. And a lot of that comes down to getting the support from, from horsemen and, and from the people uh, within the business. And I mean, this has just been this has been unbelievable tonight. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for this, and you know, certainly with what you all have done from it, and the great people that have also you know chime in, like when you guys go to Canada with what you know the, the knowledge that Garnet Barnsdale uh, obviously brings uh, to it as well. This is going to keep on going, and I hope the horsemen and horsewomen out there continue to support this over and over again because. You know, people are, are listening to it, and we're talking about the business. We're talking about the business. Yep. We're talking about the people within the business and breeders and people who are going to continue on, uh, you know, making this business what it is. Because if we don't promote each other, nobody else is going to promote us out there. That's, that's for the sure. Truth. Well, I'll tell you what, in that cast, that cast of characters, Mike, that you've got to stand up at your wedding, I'm sure right after is going to be looking for an OTV or something along those lines. <laughs> You know what they're going to be doing? Look, as soon as they say I do, they're all going to whip out their phones. That's right. Get to BetAmerica. BetAmerica.com. That's right. Well, and here's the thing. You know, we're we're talking about, you know, the stories to tell and the things like that. You know, when we created this show, not only was it a positive attitude, but we've kind of, with our live remote, it's been more of a fun atmosphere. This is one of those things that, you know, we try to take it as seriously as we can, but you got to have some fun with it and joke with each other, Mike. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, 
it's it's kind of like an open table. Like we like we interview so many different people here. I mean, whether it's horsemen or people uh, or uh, like people like Ken Weingarten or Jay Bergman or even fans, you know, have come up like John Bernang said he's he actually picked the winner of the, of the Meadowlands Space here on this program. So I mean, you know, it's it's a fun atmosphere and and it's it's great to do. And I'm really glad that. Mike, four years ago, we had that uh, discussion when I was sitting on my balcony with an ice cold beverage, and you were sitting on yours with an ice cold beverage, and we just said, "Hey, let's let's start a podcast." And we never dreamed it would get this far, actually. It's like my girl on the train and coming to America. She said, "Go ahead, honey, take a <laughs> chance." <laughs> you all took that chance, and it's blossomed into something that's great uh, for our sport. And, and you know, I hope it actually. Believe it or not, I hope it. It, I hope it in, inspires other people to do that in other areas of the country uh, with their tracks and with their racing circuits because the more that we can promote the game, oh, yeah. as Mike, you know, working at the USTA, oh, yeah. I mean, the more that we can do to promote our game, uh, the better. I mean, you know, I, I do write-ups at Rosecroft, even though it's not even part of my job description, uh, just so our Rosecroft horsemen uh, can, can get their just due uh, on a Wednesday night or a, a, a Sunday night. So. Yeah, promotion is so important. And, uh, you know, even promoting within because, you know, and a lot of times people say, well, you know what, you're preaching to the crier if you do this, you're preaching to the choir if you do that. But you know what, you still have to have that solid content in place. You have to have solid content in place for when new people do come around, you know, that content is there for their either their own personal racing circuit or the grand circuit or whatever circuit it is. It's very important to have the content there in place. For people to have the access to information because you know i mean and, and pete you know this better than anybody look at the access people have the baseball and baseball stats with fantasy football well, and everything going around in the nfl and so forth the more coverage you develop it legitimizes right. your sport and and that's really uh what it comes down to the more people you tell about it the more people are going to sample it and that's what it's really what it comes down to uh for a lot of us here the more the more people we can get especially new folks to come sample our product then that's better for everybody. It's better for the breeders. It's better for the trainers. You know, the one thing we talk about all the time, people, one of the biggest complaints people within our own industry have is how, you know, Ronnie and Weaver Bruschetti, you know, for the most part, win a lot of races and win a lot of money. Well, guess what? They, they, they make the investment. So, therefore, when you invest heavily, you're, you're going to get some of the richest. That's not to say that everybody else can't go out there and make the same choice and invest the same way. And when just as much they do, they just do it on volume, you know. I mean, and that's a cho- that's their choice. But you can still go out there and, and win an awful lot of races. Lynn Toscano wins a lot of races. Yep. Tony Alanya wins a lot of races. I mean, it, it just you know, you don't have to do it necessarily to the volume that Ron Burke does. Renee Allard does obviously uh, a lot uh, as well. So I mean, you don't have to necessarily do it, you know, the volume that Ronnie does. But you can't fault them either for doing it at the volume they do because. They've got an ownership group that has a great thing, and, and it works for them. And you talk about having something to market. How about this group of catch drivers that we have in the sport of harness racing? I mean, let's be honest. First of all, and, you know, there, there are a lot of good-looking guys, okay? I mean, you've got Yannick, you've got Timmy, okay? That can, <laughs> no, seriously, that, can, that I mean, they're very personable. They'll always talk to you. Um, we've never had – Mike, we just talked about this, uh, you know, the other day. We've never had any one of these guys tell us no when it's time to come on the show or when they want to be on the show. And they're very, very good talkers. You know, a lot of horsemen have kind of the reputation of, you know, 
given one or two word answers, you know. Uh, but sometimes we don't help them. We make statements when we when we interview them instead of asking questions. That, that's that's right. We and do. that's yeah. part of you ask yeah, them a sure. specific question, you may get a better answer. Yeah. I think that's that's part of the media coverage. That's a problem throughout media in all aspects, Mike. Sure. You know. Well, so. we'll finish this discussion following the post parade. Let's take a look yeah, at the on. mistletoe shall he final. $207,000 won the show of Hanover. It's one of five in here for trainer Ron Burke. Ron Burke represents Todd Fletcher in this field. <laughs> Number two, she might be the best of the Ron Burke bunch. That is where we, you, Butte, for Burke Racing, Kalora, J.T. Silva, and Weaver Bruschemi. Four of six so far in the year, 11 of 18 lifetime, 149 and one at Woodbine. But in her last start, beaten in the Lynch final. So we'll see if where we you Butte can get back on her game here tonight. Speaking of a horse that had a tough trip in the lunch final, number three, Toll Drink Hanover. She's owned by Alanya Racing, Marvin Katz, and Riverview Racing, Andy McCarthy Drive. She was a long shot in the lunch final, but she just had a terrible trip from post nine. She gets a much better setup today. She did win the lunch elimination. She could be a horse that is starting to peak at the right time at good odds. Number four, Trillion Hanover, owned by Falcon Racing, Benson Stables. And the VIP Internet Stables, how cool would it be for the VIP Internet Stable and that conjunction from the fractional ownership group yep. to win this race? Trainer Tom Fanning, Corey Callahan with the drive. Moira's in there. We might want to put a lapel mic on her uh, for this race. Coming off of a second-place finish in that Lynch Constellation. Rose run up down gals of five. She's got a here on for Ron Burke and the Burke Brigade here. Source uh, lightly raced over two years, 18 starts, has five wins uh, to her credit but probably going to have to go significantly faster. One three starts back in an Ohio Sire Stakes event out at Scioto in 1.52 and 2.5 seconds. Number six is Philly Hanover. She's a long shot right now on the board of 14-1 on by Blair Corbeil in the Ron Coyne Stables. Brian Sears drives for trainer Ron Coyne. And, uh, you know, Philly Hanover's a horse that was hanging right with where we viewed uh, back uh, in the early part of June. She never got involved in the Lynch final once again, she's another that gets a better setup here. Number seven is Zero Tolerance. And how good has Zero Tolerance been on the New York Sire Stakes circuit as of late? Moved up to face the Lynch group um, back at Pocado back on June 29th. And was firing late, passing horses, just could not get there at the line. I'm not 100% sold on Zero Tolerance just yet, especially at 3-1. to one. Stonebridge Soul is the eight. Chris Ryder for Henderson Farms and Robert Mondillo. Tim Tietrich in the bike, the winner of that race in the Lynch final, pulling uh, a mild surprise, knocking off the heavy favorite there, where we you Butte. But Stonebridge Soul, another one that's likely going to have to blast here from the outside to find early race position. Number nine is St. Summer, owned by Burke Racing, Phil Kaloran, Jerry and Teresa Silva, Stables, Weaver, Brusemi. Again, another Ron Burke trainee, one of five in here. Dexter Dunn drives. And she does not get the benefit of the post draw, and she probably needed it. She does have a win in the New York Sire Stakes action back on the 27th, but her job is a gargantuan task here, and she's 90 to 1. And number 10 is Sweet Lucy Lou, trained by Robert Cleary. Andy Miller will do the driving. Going to be tough here from post number 10, but she is riding a four race win streak. So Marco 153, she's going to have to go faster than that tonight. The final Ron Burke entry, Burke Racing Stable, Reaver Bershemi and uh, Yannick and Kalora. She's all right. Montreal Teague picks up the catch drive here. A winner last time out at the Meadowlands a couple of weeks ago in a condition event for Greg Merton, winning at 5-1 in 152 and 1. But she, again, she seems to be a little bit of a late developer here and would have to find a marvelous trip 
to pull the upset here right now on the board at 99 to 1. Starting from the second tier as well is number 12, Renaissance Lady K. Once again, whenever you see the K at the end, you know it's a horse owned and bred by Rob Key. Norm Parker trains Danielle Dubay's in the bike, a second place finish. At Hoosier Park last time. Last time this horse won was back on May 22nd against overnight competition. She failed to make the Lynch final. She's a big long shot here at 99 to 1 or better. That is the field for the Mistletoe Chalet. Just over $207,000. And guys, a pretty wide open affair, obviously, other than Warwe Butte, who is currently taking a majority of the money. But I guess the question is here. What kind of a chance does Zero Tolerance have? Because Zero Tolerance actually beat Warwick Butte at Pocono. See, I'm a, I'm a big Zero Tolerance guy. Diane Lewis, who's the groom for this horse, she grew up in Maryland. Her mom, Terry, was a trainer on the Maryland circuit. And we look for the Hall of Famer, Joe Holloway. I mean, yeah. she, Mike, if you go look at all of the major stakes action, she has seemingly been second in all of those starts. The biggest checks have seemingly eluded her. But on the New York Sire Stakes circuit, she's been fantastic. She's done a lot of right there. I mean, she's won $667,000. So, Zero Tolerance has done a lot of right a lot right for Dave Miller. We know she can blast, and she'll blast uh, from here. So, I think that's the one thing she has. Where we, you, you, for whatever reason, she just doesn't blast as, you know, the same as some of these other horses off of the gate. Once she gets revved up, she's pretty good. But Zero Tolerance, she's always going to be there because she's got the speed to be well-placed throughout any mile. What about the Lynch winner, Stonebridge Soul, 9-2 right now on the board? I think that's pretty good value. I mean, she had the, she was used into that 26 quarter. She yielded, and she was able to get past the leader, holding off zero tolerance. or was shuffled in behind her last time. But listen, you've got Tim Teacher, who's just driving lights out. The future Hall of Famer always has his horses in position. I think she's blasting here. You know, here's the thing, guys. It's pretty obvious that where we Butte's going to brush. She's going to come away third or fourth, and she's going to brush. So whoever the leader is is going to get an earned pocket spot. I got a feeling whoever the leader is before Warwick Butte brushes and gets that pocket spot, I think's got a big shot. It very well could be Stonebridge Soul. Could be. And think about this. I mean, zero tolerance in that mile in the Lynch. She got shuffled back badly after yep, being did. in good race position and then finally closed it up late there to only miss by less than a length. But at the same time, you know, is somebody going to stretch out where we you butte? Because again, we're going for two hundred seven thousand. So you're not just going to let and an eighth of a mile and an extra eighth right. of a mile as well. If the trip that you said plays out, what about Philly Hanover? Yeah. Philly Hanover could very well leave from post number uh, excuse me from post number six with Brian Sears, and you know he's a pretty aggressive driver in his own right. He's got a pretty big opportunity here, Mike, to roll to the lead. Maybe kind of sit off the pace a little bit, let somebody go by him, and then come roaring down the stretch. 49-2 at the Meadows is nothing to sneeze at. No. That's a heck bit. of a mile. I mean, but, again, the company's going to be a little bit different here tonight uh, against this top group. But, again, the fact that she shows the ability to stalk a little bit and continue, we'll see. Her closing quarters and her last five starts have all been terrific. Last time out in the Lynch, she just had to come – Way too far from post number eight. Just not much of a chance, though she did close up significantly, even though she finished sixth. She only missed by two lengths in that event, going 150 on the 5 eighth mile track. All right, Pete, you got one more in you? I think I got one more in me. All right. Uh, I'm like a catch driver tonight, too, because normally I would sit there with the binoculars and I'd, uh, I'd do my memorization like Tom Durkin through the, the, the glasses. I'm just kind of calling them on the fly here tonight. It's It's been a lot of fun. You know this. Are, are you, you are, get to call these horses 
on a semi more regular basis, no. obviously at Chester. But now, normally, do you color? Uh, no, I memorized. No. You memorize, okay? I memorize because driving colors are easy to memorize. Yeah, well, listen, uh, some of us aren't as young as you, so we can't always remember all the names, buddy. <laughs> all right. It's I'll time. be the big 5-0 in January, buddy. All right. It's time for the Mistletoe Shately. Three-year-old Philly Pacers in action going for $207,700. They're going a mile and it ain't the one to stop and the one-to-one favorite war we butte last year's two-year-old Philly uh, of the year. Three-to-one on eight. Stonebridge sold four-to-one now on seven. Zero tolerance with the race call, the exclusive race call here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. It's Pete Meadows. Pete? All right, Mike, thanks. Everybody has had a week off to rest up and get ready here for the $207,700 for the three-year-old Philly Pacers. They are in behind the gate approaching the start for the mile and an eighth coming up here. Race 10 at the Meadowlands on this Meadowlands Pace card. Two trailers here. She's all right. And Renaissance Lady K as the gate unfolds and the action commences here from the inside. Tall drink Hanover set out of there alertly by Andrew McCarthy. Far outside, we've got zero tolerance and Stonebridge Soul on the move. No surprises there. Philly Hanover ducks in fourth for Sears. Park three wide up on the outside for the moment is she's all right. Now looking for, or choo- excuse me, Saint somewhere who's looking for a tuck, but she's going to be caught three wide there in the turn. Where are we? You Butte right now. Started to go half in and half out. She comes away fifth here for Jingra, but has three wide company on the outside as moving up now is Saint somewhere who has to go. Jingra gets out. And St. Somewhere is going to have to go three wide by. Still, Hanover is stuck at the inside there in seventh. And it is Trillions Hanover. Shuffle back at the inside for She's All Right. Renaissance Lady K and Sweet Lucy Lou are at the back of the pack. The quarter was 26 and one. The leader is Stonebridge Soul for Tim Tietrich. Zero tolerance, as she always is. Tucked in the pocket second here for Dave Miller. St. Somewhere grinding it out here. Been parked out the entire way now. At one point was three wide for Dexter Dunn. 55-4 and four for the rationed half mile here from the golden hands of Tim Tietrich. Where we view Duke getting a much better trip here. Second over, fourth on the outside. Tall drink Hanover at the inside, fifth nowhere to go. Trillions Hanover is three wide. Buried at the inside now is Philly Hanover. Then it is Rose Run, Uptown Gal. Down to the inside, Sylph Hanover. Action from the back of the pack. Try to move up here and start to pick them off as Renaissance Lady K. Looking to follow that one, Sweet Lucy Lou. And she's all right is the trailer. Three quarters, 124 and three. Remember, we're going a mile and an eighth. And still there is Stonebridge Soul. Saint somewhere starts to stall a little bit. Where are we, you butte? Starts to fan three wide. Zero tolerance, a clear shot. From the pocket and Stonebridge Soul trying to draw off here for Tietrich. Opens up two, but where are we? You Butte, zero tolerance. Tall drink Hanover still has some pace left. Tietrich looks over his shoulder on the outside. Where are we? You Butte with tall drink Hanover. It's the money. It's Team Tietrich. It's Timmy Tietrich. Stonebridge Soul going to hang on to win it. Good effort there by tall drink Hanover for second. Time of the mile and an eight, 204 and two. Mike, as you did with the wall. You did it here with Stonebridge Stoll. I got to start listening to you, man. Nice, uh, nice call out over there with the uh, with the eight Stonebridge Stoll. Now, I wasn't quite as confident in Stonebridge Stoll three to one as I was with the wall at the Camelot Classic thing, but uh, very, very good drive by Tim Tietrich. I'm not sure that Jingra wanted the trip he got. I, I, I you know, the, the nine Saints some are also trained by Ron Burkett to go three wide around him. So where we did get. The second over journey, I think Jingra really wanted to be a lot closer and brush to the front end. I don't think he wanted that second over trip. And even at three quarters, if you know the Meadowlands shot, their camera, their, their TV crew does such a good job that even if you see the look on Jingra's face, it looks like he just went three wide a little bit sooner than he wanted to. Yeah, not only that, 
But if you go look at the time he pulled out to go make his brush, yep. Dexter was already there. Dexter was already and at there. At that point, three wide with Saints somewhere. So he has to let Dexter basically go by him to complete the move at that point. Now, you want cover, but sometimes if that cover is going to stall like St. Somewhere did, mm-hmm. that hurts you more than it helps you when you have a clear shot coming first over at that point. Well, well it takes some of that momentum away. And, that you know, it, it was just a tough effort. How about here, though? Tall Green Canover was coming, coming quickly. Obviously needed another need another eighth of a mile, I think. Uh, and, if, and, and, if you wa- and if you watch, and I hope they show that you could tell right nearing the wire, Jingro was not happy with the trip that he got. Well, watch Jingro right here. He's going to give – one more tap. Well, you're probably not going to be able to see it, but he gives one more tap to where we put And as they cross the line, he's shaking his head. So he was not happy with that kind of trip. Let's give credit to Tall Drink Canover McCarthy with a guts, with a with a heads up drive, getting him, getting her off the gate. She was shuffled a little bit, and uh, she had some good pace. Is that outer flow kind of went out wide and deteriorated? And that's where I'll go back to what we talked about before the race. The fact that where are we, you Butte, can't really blast off of there when that yep. gate unfolds like that. Yeah. That's where Tall Drake Hanover was able to blast and get a clear shot from right. the pylon yep. at that point by Andrew McCarthy. All right. So eight, three, two, and seven in the Mistletoe Chalet final. Eight, three, two, and seven. We'll pause 30 seconds. One final time for station identification. This is the Bet America Radio Network. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. Congrats to the connections of Stonebridge Soul, the Stonebridge Soul, the winner of the 2019 Mistletoe Shelley, owned by Henderson Farms, Bob Mondillo, Angie Stiller, the breeder, Chris Ryder, the trainer, and Tim Tietrich. He's found himself in that winner's circle an awful lot tonight. He just has a lot of fun, it seems, each and every Meadowlands Pace Day. And he's in the winner's circle once again with Stonebridge Solar Pays 820 to win the exact $60.40, the trifecta $161. And the 40 cents, and that late double five eight returns 20 to 80. And I believe there's uh, another gimmick payoff here. So hold on, let it scroll. And there it is. Dime Super returns $26.81. And uh, that is a wrap for us. Uh, special thanks to everybody that tuned into our broadcast here. But Pete Meadows, before we go, you're headed back to Philadelphia tonight because you've got a very important date with the Washington Nationals coming up tomorrow. You'll be the radio play-by-play voice tomorrow uh, as they take on uh, they're taking on Philly, right? Yeah, it's taking on the Philadelphia uh, Phillies. Phillies yeah. And uh, it looks like I believe the Phillies were up 3-1 in the eighth inning earlier, so the rubber match in the series coming up. And, you know, look, I mean, anytime you get a chance to broadcast Major League Baseball, this year is the first chance I've ever had to do that. I've done plenty of college stuff done some MLS action with DC United, but I mean, let's face it, Major League Baseball play-by-play might be the preeminent, might be the very top uh, of the sports genre in terms of doing play-by-play, and the fact that I've had a chance to do that this year has just been a, a remarkable year, and I, professionally, there's no doubt, 2019 by far has been the greatest professional year of my ridiculous life so far, I know that. <laughs> 
Yeah, and uh, so for anybody that's listening to the broadcast now that wants to hear you do your thing tomorrow, uh, how can they go about doing so? In the D.C. area, they can listen to 106.7 The Fan. And in the, on the East Coast, you can tune in 1500 a.m. You can pretty much hear that from Maine to Florida. Okay. So uh, 1500 a.m. tomorrow and 106.7 The Fan. If you're I'm sure you can get it online, too, right? If, it, the, if you have the MLB package, right. yes, okay. you can get it online. Well, listen, we've seen a lot of great performances tonight. Let's go around the horn one good time. Mike, we'll start with you. Some of the best performances we've seen, pick one that you thought was most impressive. I thought Lather Up was very impressive. Lather Up really impressed me. You know, this horse continues to, uh, I don't want to say cement his legacy, but I mean, he continues <laughs> to step forward each and every time. And, and uh, you know, I thought the mile and an eighth would be tough for him, but it wasn't. And uh, you could just see Montreal and Lather Up, uh, you know, just growing growing together. And it's, uh, I thought it was a great race, and uh, he's my MVP of the night. I, you know, as much as I love Montrell being a Delaware guy, and I've watched him grow up from the time he was little. In fact, when I owned a horse, I beat George driving with one of his horses yeah. called Cooteren. My man Globe Quima knocked him off by a nostril hair over George Dennis. I'm going to go with Crystal Fashion because you have to beat the Atlanta Mystique as much as the horse in that yep. race because sometimes you can drive in fear of a superstar horse, but you have Tim Tietrich, the bionic man. He drives in fear of no one. I thought he gave Crystal Fashion a great drive, and that performance in beating a superstar horse as good as Atlanta's been recently here, I thought that was one of the top performances of the night. My top performance is going to go to Chartin, and Chartin was my horse of the year uh, vote last year. She'll be my horse of the year as far as we go right now. If I had to make my vote right now, she'd be my horse of the year vote. She's well on her way to doing what she did last year and making over a million dollars. I think she handled herself extremely well, especially with that extra eighth of a mile. Well, Pete, it's been a lot of fun. For Mike Bozich, Pete Medhurst, and the rest of the Post Time with Mike and Mike Gang, we thank you for joining us this evening. We'll see everybody back here on Thursday. First post is 10.30 in the morning. Good night from Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. Can't stay here I know